It's time for Windows Weekly. Paul Therat's here. He's actually in Mexico City. Uh, Richard Campbell's in Wales. I'll put on a giant leak hat and we'll talk about Microsoft. Moment 2 is now official. We've got a great Therant, actually a couple of Therants all merged into one. And we'll take a look at the latest chat GPT, numero cuatro. All that and more coming up next on Windows Weekly. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Windows Weekly with Paul Therata and Richard Campbell. Episode 820, recorded Wednesday, March 15th, 2023. Mustard can solve any problem. Windows Weekly is brought to you by Drata. Too often security professionals are undergoing the tedious, arduous task manually collecting evidence. With Drata, say goodbye to the days of manual evidence collection and hello to automation. All done at Drata speed. Visit drata.com slash twit to get a demo and 10% off implementation. And by Collide. Collide is a device trust solution that ensures that if a device isn't secure, it can't access your apps. It's zero trust for Okta. Visit collide.com slash WW. Book a demo today. It's time for Windows Weekly. Yay! The show we cover the latest news from Microsoft, home of ChatGPT, and <laughs> and now uh, win ChatGPT to you, buddy. <laughs> I promise they're real, despite all appearances. I bring you our hosts on the left: Paul Thorat, Thorat dot com, and LeanPub dot com. Hello, Paul. Hello, Leo. Coming to us from Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming to us from Wales, from Newport, Wales, in the UK. Mister Richard Campbell of .NET Rocks. Hi, Richard. Hey, Leo. We got our full uh, international <laughs> cast aboard here. Yeah, I yep. did a 12-hour time change. You know, what's the big deal? Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's I'd be right. walking into walls if I was you. Are you? Ex- I can't even handle a two-hour time change. You said you stopped over in, in Canada, though, in B.C. on the way I home. Did. I, yeah. I, I got I got 48 hours to say hi to the wife and do some laundry, and then I kept going. Oh. And what brings you to the beautiful uh, Welsh countryside? I am here as the host of Run As Radio for the Sequel Bits Conference. Oh, nice. How many yeah. conferences a year do you do? Uh, around 20. <laughs> that means twice a month, almost. You, yeah. go, you go out and see the World. Yeah. yeah, wow. Sometimes you get three back-to-back in two weeks, you know. Yeah, sure. and, and Paul, how many conferences a year do you do? Lately, it's been a little on the light side. Um, I didn't say zero. <laughs> <laughs> and who's happier, I might add? I like not doing conferences, I have to say. I don't miss, you know, the South By is going on. I don't miss being down you there. You know, I, I, I miss it in theory, but the truth is when the opportunity arises, it's like, ugh. I, if sometimes you fall out of something for so long, you just don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. That's what happened with COVID, right? It, it spoiled us. I definitely don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, but we yeah. also don't want to get dressed anymore. We don't want to go <laughs> yeah, to work yeah. anymore. Oh, and- listen, I was a pioneer of that stuff. I, I'm, I, It's cute to me that the rest of the world has caught up on that. Um, you know, shaving and bathing don't have to be a da- daily activity. No, just, no, why know. do it every day? Why? So we're going to uh, jump right in uh, to Windows because I, I can't wait to talk about AI. And so you're going to just tease me. 
We'll, okay. we'll, we'll do that. There's a lot of AI yeah. news this week, and Microsoft's really at the forefront of this. But before we do... Is it? Is it, though? Yeah, I, I, that's actually an interesting discussion in and of itself, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. We'll get to that. How provocative. Mm-hmm. But first, a word from Windows 11. <laughs> yep. So chances are, if you're watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, you installed Moment 2 two weeks ago. Uh, because the yeah. preview version came out on February 28th. Well, I didn't even However, know it was a the, preview. I just installed it. I mean, yeah, it offered right. it, and sure. I took it. Yep. That's well, Listen, you're Microsoft's favorite customer. That's what they want. <laughs> uh, Passive. So for the rest of the world. Accepting. <laughs> submissive. Yeah, it, exactly. Accepting. Just open your arms. Um, embrace the wave, Leo. Yes. So uh, for the rest of the world, it arrived yesterday on Patch Tuesday, March 14th. Um, so that will be an automatic update eventually, right, for people. Um, and so you'll start seeing some of those changes. I, the most obvious being that start box. I'm sorry, I keep calling it that. The search box that appears on the start menu. And Jeez, Louise. <laughs> Two-hour time. Two-hour time, Jason. I'm completely you, off my you game. You mean that right. pill, that thing at the bottom of, uh, of the... Let me start. I know something about Windows, I promise. Okay. So the... <laughs> the okay. Um, I was just discussing this with Richard before the show. Um, when Windows... 1122H2 came out last October. It had a start. Jeez, oh, there we go again. A search icon in the yeah. taskbar. Yeah. One month later, or two months later, depending on when you installed the update, it had a search pill, as we call it. Mm-hmm. Now, as of today, yesterday, it has a search box. So they have changed that UI three times since Wait October. A it's not rounded corners anymore. No, no, they're rounded, but now it's a search box. Oh, it's it. But it's not really a search box, right? Because you can't type in it. <laughs> it's just. It, it's just something that takes up space. Well, you actually, you are typing it. I'm typing in it. It takes up space. You're typing in it. it. It takes up space in the taskbar unnecessarily, in my Huge. opinion. Because Look it, how big it is. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything that you can't do otherwise. So yeah. uh, they, they very clearly are trying to drive you to this thing. To me, search is like the start button for Windows 95. They really want you to go there as much as possible. I no longer have that you, Bing icon, though. Is that because I turned off? Because you turned off search, search highlights. highlights. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, this is what drives Microsoft's online services in nope, Windows 11. Doesn't matter. This is the, the point of entry. Uh, Search highlights does stuff. not turn that on. <laughs> I got bad. Oh, no, it, sh- it just came no, back. It. It, just, it, it, was, it. it was waiting. It was waiting in the wings. Yeah. yeah. And I turned it off because it doesn't do anything. It just opens Edge, right? It's just, it's the, I mean, among the first things you should change in Windows is dealing with that, however you want to. I turn it off completely, but... Uh, you can access it with a keyboard shortcut. You can access it from search, you know, uh, from start. Here I go again. You don't need to have the box or the icon or whatever. Actually, this has changed behavior. Uh, I don't know if when I click the Bing thing, mm-hmm. yep. it now opens search. It doesn't It doesn't go to Edge anymore. It goes right there. Did. Well, no, it will when you start searching. Oh, and then when you, I do this, to, see what the yeah, new Bing can do. Let's write a poem and now... Mm-hmm. Now it it uh, it opens, up. and now it will steal a poem that someone else wrote, and then you can claim it as your own. That's fun. I think it. I think this is uh, the first time this poem has ever been seen in in public anywhere because it didn't exactly because steal it's a poem. it. It just it <laughs> stole it's, poem. its ideas or something. I don't. I remember if I mentioned this last week. If I didn't, I should correct something I said two weeks ago, which is that when this feature first appeared for me. I would do searches and it would actually open in my browser, not in Edge. And Brave. I thought, my God, yeah, it opened is, Brave, yeah. 
Yeah. So that was, in fact, something Brave was doing. Uh, Microsoft is still forcing you to, you to use Edge. It's just that Brave is temporarily at least counteracting that, uh, which is why that and difference. Micro- I, last, I week, saw that difference. last week you said Microsoft had uh, counteracted the counteraction. Oh, is that what? Okay, so I did. I, we talked about it. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So two weeks ago, I could get away with this. Today, it doesn't matter what <laughs> doesn't I do. Matter edge, what you edge do. still loves You're going to get edge. <laughs> it's just going to, you know, they just escalate. This you're going to like it, and you're yeah, going to like it. Take it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And Control so A does as, open this. No, what is it? It said something. Oh well, I don't remember. Um, and and then yeah, because I like most. I just assumed everybody uses Windows, just hits the Windows key and starts typing. Yeah, to me, that's a like a long ingrained habit, right? Yeah. I don't remember. Well, I, but I won't get to the end of that. I won't get Bing that way. Sure, you will. I will. <laughs> how, yeah. do, how do I get you, Bing you chat that way? Oh, oh no, you won't get Bing chat that way. No. I mean, you have to actually go yeah. to get that. But yeah. if you do, if you just hit start and and start, or the Windows key or whatever and start typing, you do get. Uh, oh, it's the same thing. And then you, yeah, it's the same thing. And you can click the chat button, which yeah, yeah. will load Edge, which will go to the Bing chat bot. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's yep. the same result, which, again, brings yep. up the point, why are you taking up all this space on my... Because they really want you to go to that thing, don't they? <laughs> I mean, that's really what it is. It's it's something... It's like, it's, it's like hey, look at me, look at me. You know? I can turn it off, though, right? Yeah. You okay. can by turning off search highlights. Okay. Yeah. No, yep. uh, no, but can I turn off the search pill? Yes, you can. Okay. So right-click the taskbar, do taskbar settings, and now you have a choice of appearances for the search item, as they call it. It could be an icon. It can be an icon and a label, oh, which is the okay. pill. Oh, okay, that's in, that's in taskbar settings. Got it. Yep. Yeah, so that's there also new to this moment to update. Search icon only, search icon and label, or just hide it. So really, will, no complaints because you can turn it off. Original version of Windows 11, 22H2, moment one, moment two, they finally got back to the way that it's always worked in Windows 10. So, you know, this is what we call progress uh, here in the uh, Almost land. Almost where we began. <laughs> right. It's like uh, four updates to get us back to the beginning. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Incredible. Anyway, that's the way it is now is the way it should be. You should have that choice. Yeah. I still can't put it, pick up the taskbar and put it on the left side of the screen. <laughs> baby steps. We, 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 we maybe someday. Used you know. to be able to do that. Uh, on Windows right. 10, that's where it's configure all my machines. You know, so, I got, I got lots some, of horizontal width. I only have right, so much vertical. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. about a year ago, they said they were never going to do, make that change in Windows 11 because so few yeah. people used it. But recently there have been indications, including some code showing that there, it can happen now. So it might be coming back. I think maybe the argument against it would be because I used to get a lot of calls on the radio show. I kind of miss mm-hmm. interacting with norms, normies. Yeah, but I used to get sure. a lot of calls on the radio show from people who said, "What my taskbar's on the side?" Because right. you could drag it there, right? Good. It was easy to accidentally click and drag it over there, and they couldn't figure out how it happened or how to get back. I that mean, these are people common. you could fool with a wallpaper that made it look like their screen was cracked. I mean, you, you know. <laughs> It's <laughs> and the big business of replacing your IE uh, address bar. Yeah, 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 all kinds of various malwares. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Those are the days. That's true. Those are the days. But I could see how Microsoft, in their you know, with their telemetry, would say we see a lot of people accidentally dragging their their taskbar into other parts of the screen. 
And, sure. uh, you know, for Mac and users, we don't have, it might be all nice kinds to, of things. Sorry. It might be nice to have it, uh, on the top of the screen or on the left. I, you're yeah. right. Because Richard was right. We have a white, we have wide screens for the most part. There's, lots, wide more, screens. there's lots more room yeah. on the left yeah. there. Well, you should, but, whatever, I, you know, you don't have to justify it. it. We should just have that choice. Right. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of people will counter that with, I don't like that. No one cares what you like. Yeah. Some people like it. Uh, we'll just let them have the opportunity, you know. <laughs> You're so egalitarian. You're practically. No, it's, I, I just, it's, it's just, I'm a communist. I'm a, I'm a fairist. <laughs> Is there a political party for that? I don't know. I guess it's communist. I don't know. <laughs> You're a fairest. <laughs> I just believe in the equality of all mankind. Uh, maybe it's more of a common sense-ist, you know? Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't want it on the side. I don't want it on the top, but I don't care if other people do, and I think they should have that option. There are issues of putting the taskbar on the side. Like, some yeah. apps do not respond well to mm -hmm. the fact that the mm -hmm. left edge of the screen has been taken up by the taskbar. Let's get into the, in a world. Let's get into the real controversy. Do you auto hide? Yeah. Never. No. Why not? I know why I stopped <laughs> doing it. I like auto hide. I want to see everything. But I'm just curious why because, you don't. Because when you actually go down to select something, there's that extra second where the stupid thing has to animate <laughs> back onto the screen. But and I just don't. It's intelligent. It says it's intelligent. Is it? Yeah. I don't feel like it's intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> right up if it, it was intelligent, it would support a small icons mode. And then you would have, we could have a middle ground between hiding it and the yeah. current stupid one-inch high taskbar. Yeah. So, yeah, I habitually turn on auto hide. But where it becomes problematic for me is programs that don't recognize that. Yes. And uh, then that becomes problematic. But see, I kind of like stuff, having that, all that space right. and that kind of The issue clean that Richard screen. raised about having uh, the taskbar on the side, the issue you just raised about yeah. having a taskbar hidden and apps that don't I, – I am not a professional developer. I don't know a lot about this stuff, but I can tell you this. I know how to write code that can handle those situations. Yeah. And it's kind of built in. I don't understand w why any app can't do this. Like Notion is a great example of an app that I maximize it. And when I bring it back, it's in the, the size of a maximize window, but it is in fact in every stored floating state. I know exactly how to fix that problem. And it bugs me that this app that I rely on every day does not. Yeah. And I, it's, it's strange to me, but yeah, these are basic windowing features of windows. It's a hard computer and, science problem. I'm guessing. You know, honestly, it isn't. And it was solved like 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's whatever framework they're using doesn't, do it the yeah. right way. Oh. Yeah. Or does it differently or something and they yeah, don't know how it works. That makes something, sense. something like that. Yeah. They're not even dependent on it. It's just now they've committed all this code in this space. Maybe the framework developer still exists. Maybe they don't. Like they're, you know, it's yeah. a nasty little trap. They don't. So there's not a unified, like everybody must use this framework thing. Oh, you know, yes, there is. It's an apple. Right. <laughs> you yeah, yeah. the Apple world, there yeah. you go. There's exactly yeah. one way everything sure. else is wrong. Are you telling me that there aren't Apple, like Apple made apps in macOS today that have that old time style metal sheen to them? Like that's what Windows is. It's like a archaeological dig of every framework that's ever been created oh all yeah. piled up together. So that's why it all looks different. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Exactly right. They also the visual basic runtime that hasn't been significantly updated since 1999 sure. shipped with Windows 11. Oh, That's right, my still God. in there. That, that commitment to backwards away. compatibility, 
is yeah. what makes Windows terrible. Windows. <laughs> it's also what makes Windows Windows, right? Is that yes, yes, indeed, that old piece of software your ATM still depends yep. on. So here again, I'll say I believe there to be a middle ground between what I see to be an overly aggressive tactic on Apple's part to get rid of old technology and Microsoft's just uh, seeming uh, unwillingness to get rid of anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there has to be something in the middle that makes sense. But well, I think uh, you and I have done at least two run as where we made fun of the fact that they keep trying to make a safe 64-bit version of Windows right? and right. always have to put in an escape hatch to go back to regular Windows from that instance of Windows mm. and absolutely everybody oh. uses it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, trapped by legacy. Mm -hmm. A legacy that made them lots of money. Yeah, yeah. Of money. Right. I, I think, I mean, that's okay, right? Because business users don't, you know, they want to stay things to stay the same. Uh, I mean, it's not awful, is it? No. <laughs> It's it had, it, I mean, let's a ask the guy in the Matrix what he thinks. I mean, you're getting this suckling awful. food source every day. Is it? <laughs> it's, <laughs> but this, I guess what I would say is uh, there are consequences, like, you know, yeah. kind of weird aesthetic things. Right. But in the long run, everything works pretty well. And you get you don't leave anybody behind. No, no user left behind. That's a good thing. But you, you it, also battle I, with security problems. Security's not yeah, that's with compatibility right. Yeah, it's problems. not. It's not always good to let you leave all code running. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? that's right. When is Win thirty two? I think I feel like it's a big source of security issues still, without a doubt. Yeah, and, oh, sure, and, of course. And the default configuration for Windows is to allow everything to run, and you can as an I. You know, what's the cost of this? You're asking that, Leo. It falls on yeah. the IT. Yeah, right. the IT people have to know a lot to be able to secure mm, their machine. Right, and then they're the ones that receive the fallback from people who can't run things, <laughs> and, they're, and they're the bad guy. Yeah, and then but then at the same time, it's like that's not on the roster that we like. We do breach some of those security rules for the apps we really need to run. Your right. terrible piece of software you don't run, not going to run. <laughs> right, and yeah. that's the the price. But the problem is, out of the box, everything runs because that's the compatibility sure. mantra. Right, but I mean, we're Go ahead. And this is the same problem. Like we talk about this. It's it's the Swiss Army knife with every knife and blade pulled out. Right? Yeah. Like they're all there. Yeah. And uh, and nobody. What happens when you trip and land on that thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't put it in your pocket. Yeah. 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 Sense. Exactly. Okay. Okay. And the problem is that nobody needs them all, but everybody needs one of them. And we right. Just don't right. Need one. You know. But here's here's the problem I have with that today because you're right, 100. percent uh, this has always been the argument for Windows that w this user base is so large and so diverse that to accommodate all of these people's needs, you have to have all these special cases and whatever it is. And that's, you know, f that always made sense. The problem is in 2023, Android, iOS, the Mac, well, Linux to a small degree, the web, whatever, there's all these platforms that have, you know, millions or hundreds of millions of billions of users too. It's not just Windows. And some of those platform makers very much do restrict. The access yeah. to legacy code, so it's possible to do it. In fact, we I think we just held up Apple as an example of maybe the more stringent about this. They have one of the biggest user bases, maybe the biggest, I don't know, on earth, one of them anyway. And they those people seem really accepting of 
every change Apple's made, you know, like, and, no, we're not, no, we're no, not no, doing 32-bit code Apple's anymore. We're lots of flack for older devices that just stopped working, right? Like, what, yeah. what does Apple actually do? They maintain a certain number of iOS revs that they're willing to support. Right. And a certain amount of hardware that will run on those iOS revs. So the bottom line is there are folks that are now being left behind with older iPads, with older versions of iOS. They cannot yeah. upgrade. Well, they can't. I mean, I, they may not care about upgrading. I mean, it's kind of hard to say, but... As long as they, it runs the software you need to run, right? Yeah, and that's, that's the important always thing. Always the yep. But iOS also has the lovely advantage of having only existed since 2007. Yes. So just have the baggage. Give it 20 more years. <laughs> well, I, okay. I mean, you're right, 100%. Um, I would say, you know... On some level, it dates back to OS 10 from 2001, dates back to Next Step from 1990, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the, on the Mac OS side, right? I yeah. mean, but they, they did have the opportunity to do the reboot, which yeah. Microsoft never did. I mean, they never tried to make WinPhone live on its own. Right. It started off with an odd little kernel that was really running a variation of Silverlight in the Win 7 days. We don't talk about CE. That's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. So they literally yeah. had like a generate your own OS device. But, <laughs> sure. And then they completely yeah. rebooted it three times until they'd beaten every developer to death. Yeah. Yep. Those, yeah. That's true. Uh, and unfortunately it took them those revs to get it where it needed to be from the beginning. <laughs> but yeah. the eight uh, had yeah. it nailed. Yeah. That's it, yeah. But, but the, but uh, the need to have one kernel, right. Is what, right. why they rebooted it again at a 10 and finally, you know, stamped the last, Win phone dev in the head. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not the bitter one here. I can go call up a dozen win phone dev and sure. you can talk to each one of them. They all will cry. Yep. Yep. Uh, by the way, Silverlight, death of Silverlight, you know who can blame that on? Steve mm-hmm. Jobs. <laughs> it's not, you're not wrong. You know. Steve and Jobs in the Microsoft it. sins around Silverlight were not that Steve Jobs killed it, but how they failed to communicate it. Right, right. I believe Bob Muglia lost his job because of this, because he blurted out to Mary Jo Foley that they were going well, in a different direction. Now, if I could ever finish my book, I would actually write this chapter because <laughs> I have it cold from Bob Moo. Oh, wow. That that's uh, not why he left. Oh, good. Uh, oh okay. Uh, and, yeah. and, and also that he didn't know when he said to MJ, well, our strategy has shifted that nobody had spoken of it since uh, April. Yeah. Right? The issue was at, at whatever year that was at build that server light was never mentioned after being the highlight of the show, the pe- previous two years. No, was no. it related Studio to the end 2010 of, launch? Is it related to the end of flash or no? Is no, it, well, it could have been the replacement for Flash, though, right? Well, that's what it was said. Because yeah, Silverlight, sure. it, where the word Silverlight comes from, is the debris that's left from after a flash bulb goes off. It's called Silverlight. <laughs> I didn't know that. What comes after Flash? That's great. And that, and so there, there was an intent there, but that was not really. I mean, the original thing is it, it was for Netflix, right? It was right, the exactly right. speed media player. Yep. Then when. They need. Then they thought, "Hey, this is an opportunity to get stuff on uh, more sophisticated web development," and so they dropped .NET three in there. So V two got .NET, V one was purely JavaScript, and then, uh, but you know, the, the painful part about it, and it's a, I think it is a pivotal point in the, the book that I never can seem to finish, <laughs> is in April of 2010 when they launched Studio 2010, and I helped with that launch. I helped run that event. Mm-hmm. You were there. Um, 
they Silverlight was front and center is the premier approach to enterprise development. And this is again, we talk about the real. No, I, 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 Silverlight is a, is honestly one of the most unheralded defeats at Microsoft because it was basically a, a, a lightweight version of WPF brought cross platform essentially to the web. Right. And should it's have been the way its code name was WPF everywhere, right? That's right. One of the um, possibilities for the Windows 8 app model was that it could have been Silverlight. That was one of yeah. the things that they looked at. Um, and, you know, you know, Sanofsky hated .NET, so. Well, in his world, there was such a thing as a Windows developer. <laughs> well, there, was there by that point? No, I mean, they, they never existed. People don't develop for platforms. People develop with languages. Right. Right. He also believed there was an office developer when he was the office guy, and that didn't exist either. There are C <laughs> developers right. and there are GPA sure. developers. Yep. But you know, yep. if you program in a language, that's your association, not mm. the platform. Right. Oh, this is sad to me. Okay. <laughs> this is the but, saddest. I mean, that, you know, they, that whole crisis could be is because in April you tell us it's the way. Right. Then thoughts on Flash. And internally at Microsoft at that moment, they go, okay, well, this is doomed now. We have to do something else. But right. you're now also dealing with the whole tablet motion, right? Uh, I, that thoughts on Flash came out because Flash was murdering the iPad, right? I mean, that's really what Jobs cared about. Was well, yeah, battery life and performance. You could yeah. visit. You're watching Strong Bad on your iPad, and you can watch the battery go down. Oh, my God. That was my favorite thing on the web for easily the, five years. It was straight. the best thing that yep, ever happened. The little to uh, Mexican wrestler looking guy. Yeah. With the, uh, yeah, yeah. That is the best thing that ever happened. I love the strong bad. And yep. then when, when they said Flash was going to die, I'm like, not strong bad. That's unacceptable. Right, right, right. right. But, That's funny. But it, it murdered is the Leo, What's Leo? Leo's redesigning his studio. What's happening? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm just. just no, no, we're, no happy, one can, we're happily digressing on. No Flash, one can see but. that I have I've w moved things around. It's I did. So I, you come I, back. It's like it's a different color. Everything's in a different place. I had it's a, a different microphone. I had a microphone. I was trying out a, a AKG P2 drum mic. So yeah. uh, just a little inside baseball at the beginning of the show for people who were listening. I was using a different microphone. And then when we went back to the Heil, I'm old. I can't tell. But my team tells me that the high ends on the AKG weren't as good as the high ends on this. You know what? The high sounds better now that you've just switched. Yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. better, isn't it? Yeah, it's three hundred fifty bucks compared to one hundred fifteen. That so that was yeah. our. But it's, it's a right, travel mic. Well, that's a travel mic. So that's one of the reasons I'm trying this is trying to figure out what I can carry yeah. around when we go on our trip in a couple. Of I've, weeks. I've been. I spent so much time trying to find an excellent travel mic. It's hard. I think this is a good now, one, and this is my travel kit, this Pelican, and and so this will be the. You see how small that is? This will be the. It looks like a, an alien head from. It's funny. Uh, the well, alien you, it's a drum mic. You know, you can tell it's a drum mic, but it does sound quite good. So I'm a big be, fan of these DPA defines. They pack super small, and they sound pretty good. Yeah, hmm. they're fragile though. They're well, extraordinarily they fragile. They go in a case. Leo, you're, you're shipping with a what looks like a shipping crate from the Titanic. I think it could protect. <laughs> well, I'm going on a cruise, and I thought I'd have my trunk with me. I have to redo the pick and pull, though, to fit this new mic. I don't know how that's going to work. Anyway, we're, we're whining about, I'm about sorry. Silverlight. We could be whining about Word. I mean, we're missing an opportunity. Uh, yeah, let's whine as, some more. As, as uh, Mr., uh, Mr. Paul Thorat calls it, the insurtification of yeah, well, I'm trying to keep it clean here. I know this is a family show, yeah, but thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I uh, I never intended to go down this path, but 
you know, like everybody, I use software every day, rely on it. And one of the weird things about the era we're in now is that mature software products are being updated every month for some reason, like like their mobile apps. And I don't understand what they're doing. And if they're innocuous, I don't care. If you can turn it off, I don't care. But, you know, I'm a writer. Microsoft Word is obviously the central tool to my life in many ways. And um, it has been getting insurtified for sure. And um, in in what way, Paul? Let's be specific. Oh God, in every way, Leo. So, all right. So, <laughs> in what way? In what way is it not being insured? If I know, so in the good old days, if I wanted to do something like find a, a word in a document, I could hit Control F, and this little dialogue came up, floating over the window, and I could find and I could look and find every instance, and it was really nice, and that thing would never be in the way because it was so small. And then some time ago, they turned it into a pane on the left. And now in the latest version of Word, it's a giant pane on the right that takes, that actually blocks the text. I'm trying to find it actually gets in the way. Um, so the way the, the workaround I have temporarily until they insurtify this part of the product is you can do a control H, which is for find and replace. And there's actually still a, a find tab on that thing. It's a little window and it still works. And that's kind of okay. That's fine. But well, the, the bigger let the press the replace part where it now replaces it with nothing. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Although, you know, replace all is a good thing to have if you need it. But it's just I, I don't like UI that gets in the way. I don't understand this. I brought up this app the other day. The thing that finally prompted me to write this was I brought up the app and it said, hey, have you heard of OneDrive? You should think about what using OneDrive. And hey, I'm like, you no app should say, hey. Idiot. <laughs> I, first of all, this document I'm working on is saved in OneDrive. <laughs> you need I it with? pay for OneDrive through Microsoft 365 should, Family, yeah, which know you should that. know. Yeah. Be smart. And by the way, you can't figure this out, but your AI stuff's going to work fine. What, what are you kidding me? Like, I, like to me, this is crazy. But the, the other example, well, the other big thing for me is um, Word arbitrarily saves some setting changes that you make to your Microsoft account. You, I, there's no way to find a list of what those things are. But I can tell you it's nothing important. Like one of the things that it saves is your um, theme choice. So if you like dark mode, you're going to have dark mode everywhere you are, no matter what the underlying it, system is does using. It, like. Does it still use the template uh, file and save that? Yes, it does. Normal, so a lot of, dot, a lot dot, of dot, settings yeah. are in there, right? Okay. But I'm talking about settings related to the application, not to the document. Right. Uh, yes. Your normal dot dot actually, I believe does. I don't change mine, but I think that does sync to your Microsoft account. Right. That's an interesting point. But so. Uh, you know, years ago, 2007, Microsoft added the ribbon to uh, the core office apps. The following product was probably 2010, I guess. They had kind of added it to the rest. Um, the ribbon was controversial at the time. This is, although I have to say, this is one thing I kind of agreed with because the top eight ten, of 10 feature requests for office were features that were already in office that nobody could find, right? <laughs> so their idea was, well, we're going to put all the UI out there. This thing with toolbars and menus was too small for all of the features that are in these products. And it was like, okay, you know, I, I, on a, some level, I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. Um, however, I only use some tiny percentage of features and a lot of things I do with keyboard shortcuts anyway. So the, the, uh, the ribbon is kind of a big UI to me and I like to get it out of the way. So you can hide the ribbon, you know, and then Leo will know, cause I talked about this incessantly for a couple of years, but at some point Microsoft moved to something called the simplified ribbon. If you use uh, Outlook on the desktop, you'll see that in the Windows version of the product. It's a small version. It, it's toolbar is what it is, really. But it's like a it's a small, simplified ribbon. If you use the Office products on the web, I know it's in Word. And it's probably in Excel and PowerPoint. And it's just a, it's a you know, it's, it is what I said it was. It's, it's a simplified ribbon. It's nice. 
they were going to bring this to Word on the desktop. And I, I uh, waited two years for that to happen. And instead, what they did was they came up with something called the personalized toolbar. The idea here is that you use Word for some amount of time after this feature has been installed. And then in the background, it examines the the things you use, like which buttons you click on and everything. And then one day it says, hey, guess what? We can make a new simplified toolbar for you. Nice. It, it, do you want us to do it? Yeah, absolutely. And it hides the ribbon and it puts up a simplified tool. So it's basically the simplified ribbon, but it's supposedly personalized to you. Nice. That thing doesn't sync. So every time I go to a new computer and I go to a new computer all the time because I review computers, I have to use Word for a little while. You know, weeks will go by and I will say, hey, we can make a personalized toolbar. Would you like us to? Yes, I would. And it makes the exact same freaking toolbar that there's no way for me to turn it on manually or say that I always want it on every, it, I, it just doesn't sync. I, I don't. And it, 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 that's exactly the thing that should be synced because it's literally yes, based on the thing you're using. It's personalized you to you, use. exactly, yeah. supposedly, right? So okay, between you, these things. You need to personalize um, over and over again. Yeah. There's a point where a tool that you rely on gets in the way so much that it's no longer helping, it's hindering, Right. And I'm I'm right on the line with Word. Like I, the things that are good about Word are are still good. Um, I, for myself, unfortunately, in my particular use case, I have to output most of what I write to WordPress. And getting clean code into WordPress is job one. I can't have formatting codes going on in the background. So when I use something like a Notion or Typora or my normal Markdown editor or Word for the for the web, <laughs> oddly, Google Docs. If I paste anything in from those apps, there's a lot of gobbledygook HTML code in the background, including in some cases things that impact the font size or weight. And wow. no, I no 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 no. This has it to be super clean. It would be VS Code for that. Yeah, by the way, VS Code is absolutely one of the things I've looked at. I don't remember anymore because you can do uh, Markdown, et cetera, et cetera. You'll do Markdown. Uh, you can do straight HTML too, I guess, if you wanted to. I, but I've been telling anyway. the joke about Word and all the Office products. Just like they're so far down the version numbers now, they're at the point where they've hit. Mm-hmm. They, they now like the putting in features because they get to take them back out again. So they get two <laughs> or get sure. feed. I just want if this thing like if there was a way I can I can work around Find because I can do Control H. Mm-hmm. If I could save that personalized toolbar, I maybe wouldn't be having this conversation. Maybe yeah. uh, if it wouldn't show me ads for things I'm already using and pay for, you know, maybe. But I'm actively seeking to replace this thing that I've relied on for I don't know 25 years because or more. It's annoying you. I mean, it's incredible. My, my general concern is any time a piece of software is too busy with what it wants to do, then to yes. interfere with what I want to do. Right. I think this is the general impression that Windows 11 gives to a lot of, I will call technical people. I think most normal people use it and think nothing. I've asked multiple people. I've watched as friends and family have upgraded. And I say, what do you think? You know, and waiting for them to say, hey, uh, what happened to, and they're all like, oh, I don't really even notice it. So, okay. So normal people, it's probably fine. For the people watching this show, you and I, us, um, there are things where you're like, wait, hold on a second. What's going on here? There are these little workflows that I rely on that you've taken away. And every time, you know, it's back. But when you used to right-click on the taskbar and not get task manager, it was like, uh, you know, you have that one moment of, oh, right, I know I have to do this other thing now. Right. And you my, Oh, yeah, right. You reminded, I'm re- routinely reminded you moved my cheese for yeah, no exactly. apparent reason. Yep, yep. So I so I wrote this article about Word. I was just freaking out about it. I'm like, I, I just can't, I, I just don't understand what they're doing. Right. And the next day I woke up and 
Microsoft updated Microsoft Paint. Now, this one is harder for me. It's even harder because Microsoft Paint, as goofy as it sounds, because people are like, you know, Paint, Notepad, what are you talking about? I use these apps every single day, mm-hmm. every day. I use Microsoft Paint to make my Christmas card, which I included an example of in the article that I wrote about this. Um, I Microsoft updated Notepad for Windows 11 as part of some whatever update. And it's fine. It's the same app. It looks better. It supports tabs, which I don't care about. All the keyboard shortcuts work. It does dark mode and light mode. No breaking. It's a better version of the app. It's a superset. It's better. Right. Perfect. Then they apparently handed off the uh, paint upgrade to some kid who was here who faked his way through college and doesn't actually know how to do anything. And then they threw that thing into the product like it made any sense. So the updated paint does not support light mode or dark mode. It just is in bright white mode. It looks like a flashlight in your face. That's the it's old version. It, it always has been. Well, the old version used to at least be like kind of tan or off. You know, it was like light colored, but it wasn't like a spotlight. Now it's like a spotlight. It doesn't support menu-based keyboard shortcuts, right? You can't go Alt, F, blah, blah, oh, blah. Whatever. Those are broken. Those are broken. They those are broken. To. Yep, they used to work. It doesn't support dark mode. Like, you know, it should. It's kind of weird. They would do a notepad right and not do paint right. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Okay. But one of the re- one of the things I do with paint every single day is I change the, I usually change the height of things. I, the, um, the promo graphics, my site are in 16 by nine aspect ratio. A lot of screens today are 16 by 10. I'm going to do some cropping. I mainly kind of work with that. And then I do the crop and, and the, I just, I use keyboard shortcuts. It's it's called image properties, but it's control E. And this little dialogue comes up. There's two boxes, width and height. Width is selected. So you can type in your number, whatever you want. You can type in the yep. number. You can tab over to the other one and you hit enter and you're done and I'm out. And I do this every day, all day long. I do this today. I've probably done it five or six times. Right. But then they updated it. <laughs> so... Latest version of Paint, that dialogue has been restyled to look more like a Windows 11 thing. So it's humongous because everything yep. has to be huge everything now. Huge. The width box is not selected when you when this thing comes up. So if you start typing, nothing happens. Right. To get to the width box, you have to tab five times. Five. You five. know that it's exactly Yeah, because I do it every day. <laughs> to get to height, which is the one I really want, you have to tab six. So you got it memorized. Right. Tap, 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 tap. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's the thing. So I changed the height. So in other words, like I have an image that's 1066 by 666. It has to right. be 1066 by 600. So I, I change. I say I type 600. I hit enter. Nothing happens because now enter doesn't work on anything in that box unless it's the OK button is selected. You, we just talked about how. Things are built into Windows and they just work and, you know, you don't have to do anything. You have to, you know what it is? I drive around Pennsylvania and people are driving in the rain without their lights on. Or I'm driving at night and they're driving without their lights on. These people are idiots. And you have to do work for that to happen. Your car's lights are on automatically all the time. You had to have looked at it and said, nope, and put it on some other thing because you know better than God or something. I don't know. This is what this is. They're like, these features, like, Auto-select the right thing when you go to the dialogue and hit enter anywhere and have it work. That's just built in. You have yeah. to strip out code to get rid of that. No, you, you, you got the control you, you keys work, it. but the alt keys don't. Like if they were all broken, I'd say, well, it's just, I, it's just a bug. It's No, it's just they 
I, what is there any quality control with this company? An intern did this for sure. Yes, that's exactly. Thank you. That was my conclusion and it, as well. Exactly. Well, and an intern who's never used an alt key in their life. Yes, so they're like I'm confused. I use a Mac. I don't understand keyboard shortcuts. We don't need those. Yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Microsoft Teams. This is this is this is the biggest one for me. Every morning at nine o'clock at ET, I get on a call with Brad. We do a little podcast thing. When I'm home, it depends on the computer. This is the interesting thing. Mm-hmm. When I'm home, I would say t- at least twice a week, some setting is not correct related to my headphones or the microphone. Right. It's on the wrong device. Or the, even the cameras happen sometimes. It's crazy. So since I've been here in Mexico, every single day we've connected. I can't hear him because it's connected to a headphone jack on this microphone that doesn't have anything in it. It's just sitting here empty. And, and it's never been used. Here, here's here. I'm going to supply advice to Microsoft because I can solve this problem right now. You have a feature called preferred audio device or preferred whatever device, preferred microphone. And the idea is, no matter what else is going on in the computer, I don't care what someone selected out in Windows or is using another apps. If this device is here, use it mm. every freaking time. I, I don't change things. It should just work every time. Windows can detect that there's headphones plugged in or not. Yes, it can. Selecting the headphones that I don't know what it's doing. I don't know why. There's no sense. There's no point here where I can say, "Well, I understand what." No, (laughs) nothing has changed. No configuration has changed. It's just wrong every day. By the way, we're using a product called Zoom, which you probably have heard of today. Zoom always works fine. Yep. So when I know there are people in the Microsoft space like, oh, Zoom, you know, we should have had that. That should have been Skype or, you know, Teams. Should. You know what? Here's a, here's a shocker, guys. Zoom works. It works. I connected to this call. I haven't yeah. used Zoom in days. No problem. It's on the mic. All it's the on right, the right headphone. Right. Everything's working. Perfect. Finally, we'll send it with the real burger of the story. <laughs> Microsoft Edge. Oh, boy. <laughs> Microsoft Edge was just updated to version 111. And this is the one where, just like Windows 11 Moment 2 added the stupid big Bing icons everywhere, they added a stupid big Bing icon to the freaking toolbar that you cannot get rid of. What? Yeah. That that whole right what? side tab. Because like, we needed to use more screen space. This thing supports mouse over. So not only, you don't even have to click it. You just go near it now. And it's like, hello, did you want to chat? I can be creative, balanced, or precise. (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) What is it? Yeah. I want to talk to somebody. It's a a digital landmine feature. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's I, like, it's, I dare you to drag your mouse anywhere near this. It'll yeah, exactly. But I need to click the thing right. Tip, tip, tip. Yeah. yeah it, it's, and I'm not I, 20 anymore. My mousing is not that precise. I I exactly. Look, I'm 56 it. years old. I'm lucky I can get anywhere near it. You know, <laughs> it's, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I, I, listen, I, I've had a, an entire career of frustration thanks to Microsoft. Like, I'm, no, I'm not a stranger to this, but I feel like it's escalated in this, what I'll call the Windows 11 era, that there is no quality controller. You know, one of the things that's actually kind of nice about Windows 11 is the look and feel. It's pretty. It's it's elegant looking. Not it's an nice. aesthetic. Yeah. It's a nice aesthetic. It's, it, but it's, <laughs> but the thing's not, like, it's not, an, I don't want the image properties dialogue to be beautiful. I want it to work, <laughs> you know? Like, I can't we have both? 
why can't it be pretty and good? No? All right. Uh, I don't I, want to say in person, but I, I just, this I just stuff want makes to me... welcome the old Paul Therott back. We missed you, Paul. I just... We missed you. <laughs> Listen, I, I want everything to be sunshine wrong. and unicorns. I do. <laughs> I really do. I need it. But it just isn't. No, and, and I understand. I do. Um, this stuff is nonsense. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. Like, I, 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 can, I, I can appreciate decisions I don't agree with. You know, if it's like, okay, I wouldn't do that. But, uh, you know, okay, I get it. This stuff is, is just the, nonsense. Is the Bing thing like a marketing strategy that... Because you know, oh, so, oh, it's not a tooltip, right? But I, I actually put my mouse over it. It gives me a tooltip called Discover, and then also takes over a chunk of the screen. Yeah. yeah. So somebody I, did go to the trouble of still implementing the tooltip, which is all you should do. I know. Put my mouse over your icon. I just don't. I don't know. <laughs> I just is there a is there a flag for debooby trap? <laughs> I just want to give Paul a hug right. at this point. You just. I, I'm but so it's sorry. I should listen. You ever watch? Let's, you you ever watch a TV show? You're watching. You're watching a, you're you're watching a TV show or a movie, right? And it's maybe it's a. It doesn't matter what's going on. I'll, I'll pause a show and be like, "Listen, I'm not a law enforcement official, but I understand that what they're doing here is nonsense. Like this wouldn't happen in the real world, and it kind of takes you out of it, right? So when I use Windows now, I use like Word, or Paint, or Teams, or Edge. I'm like, you know what? I, I'm not a professional developer. I could do this right. Like, I don't, un, like, but you should be able to do better than me if you yeah. work there. How, how did this get out the door? Yes. Like, that makes no sense. That's my point, I guess. You know? Yeah. I, God, what, who's running the show over there? What's going on? Wait, wait. And I suppose I it's know. impossible to find somebody who could respond to that, right? It's, Microsoft's not going to not going to have that conversation. Oh, I, it's easy to get a response. That's great feedback. Oh, yes. That's the oh, Paul, did you um did you mention this in the feedback hub? Oh, you mean that black hole thing that's in the corner of Windows 11 where you flush ideas down the toilet? <laughs> no, I didn't put it in the feedback hub. I, I want people to actually know about it, so I wrote about it on my site instead. You know, I if there was any sense that Microsoft gave a crap about this, I would absolutely talk to them directly about it. But I everything I see suggests otherwise, and it's very frustrating. Yeah, well, right. Windows is not the center of the company anymore. Like, you, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> My God, it's not even. It's barely in the company, from what I can tell now. Who's the Who's the intern that chooses Windows? I know, I know. Well, I don't think interns get a choice. Maybe that's the point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who's the the qualified is... developer who's looking to advance his career? Who's like, you know, we're going to make a difference. I'm going to fix Microsoft Paint. Yeah. You know, I don't. Like I don't, I don't think that's happening. This no, is one of the, the things that um, is coming up now that uh, companies are laying off tens of thousands of employees. You know, yeah. Facebook's doing another ten thousand after eleven thousand last fall, yeah. and uh, and I, I'm starting to see stories about uh, fa like Facebook collecting developers like Pokemon, like hoarding <laughs> them but not using oh, them. And oh. I'm, and uh, yeah, and, I'd like that job. Can and, I have that job? I remember one of the questions Elon asked at, when he went to Twitter, which I mocked at the time, but maybe wasn't far off. Maybe he kind of understands this. Sometimes happens at these big tech hmm. companies. He said, "How many employees are not doing anything? They're just right. they're just reporting and not doing anything." And then and then I guess the other question is, how many uh, developers, because of lack of oversight or lack of QC or something? 
are are not are are subpar. They're not doing a good job. Um, mm-hmm. And it's hard it's hard to root those out. <laughs> One of the things they well, did on okay, Twitter okay, but let's, is they so, asked people who of of your subordinates who deserves promotion, yeah, and then they fired Twitter. the managers and they ra- and, <laughs> and they paid yeah, the people yeah. that they picked the new managers. There's it's hard, I would imagine, in an organization where you have tens of thousands of developers. To know, I mean, do you think do you think t- Twitter had tens of thousands of developers? No, they they had seventy five hundred employees total at their peak, and oh, maybe they had a few. That's thousand. actually more but than Microsoft, I think they needed. Ma- yeah, okay. well, and but how many does Microsoft have? Is the is this not, oh my god, that's the thing. Yeah, twenty twenty something thousand, whatever it is, yeah. employees, right? And, but how many are developers? Um, how many are actually writing yeah, code? Right? Yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. It's a big top heavy company now. Um, I'm sure. So I think I this is the the symptom of that, which is that you get stuff well, that's imperfect. But the broader issue, and Richard was kind of, I think was talking to this, was when you're advancing your career at Microsoft, you're not working on Windows. You're working, right, you're, no. if you're not doing so something AI, worse. something, something. So now, right, well, that's right. I mean, the, the, all the, least, the, the strong minds have all moved on, strong, right, to other parts. Strong minds. <laughs> well, no, seriously. And, and I mean, who's left, right? I mean, it's... It's not the better. It's not the best of the breed, right? It's it just isn't. And uh, and, and the thing is, they're but they're updating these products so much frequently now. It's uh, every all these apps, you know, Paint, uh, Notepad, whatever. They could be updated every single day. They're not. They're not like a part of monolithic Microsoft. Work, you know, Windows never changing. They're 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 changing all the time. It's possible, oh, by the way. The thing it, I just complained about will be fixed in a future update. My yeah, problem is that Tuesday. change went out. And is it a man- not, but it's, it's a there. management problem ultimately because somebody's got to look at the stuff and make a decision. Oh, that's not good enough, or don't ship that, or why are we doing that? Um, yeah. Famously, Steve Jobs was really micromanaging everything that went out the door. That was when Apple was a hell of a lot smaller, and still yeah. bad stuff crept out. Do you think no? Do you yeah, think but I mean, management for, issue? for the Apple of that day, that was necessary, right? Everyone yeah. enjoys that. Remember their product grid has four. We make four yeah. products. This yeah. is Apple. That you know, we all sort of want Simplify. it to be like that. Yeah. But then again, we all like AirPods, and you know. But is this <laughs> what happens? Maybe that. when you get too complex, too big an organization, it's too difficult to. I wonder. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. All all I see is the result. I can't explain it. I don't like it. I, I have I, to say, this is. One of the problems in the iPhone ecosystem, which oh, is that every app has a unique uh, interface. There's no standardized interface. Right. And so using an right. app on the iPhone because of a lack of affordances is really a yeah. process of discovering, well, I don't know. How do I go back a page? How do they, this one do it? Yeah, right. how does this right. one do it? Please don't, don't get me started on mobile app UI because that's if you thought I went to town on Word and uh, Paint, I have lots to say about Facebook and Instagram and whatever else. I mean, the 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 the, the apps that make you tap up and down on the screen to, as you move forward. I the the apps that you, on one screen you can add a post, but when you're on another screen you can only like posts. I I don't when there's plenty of room for both, you know that kind of thing. Mobile apps uh, are a disaster. Yeah, and, and then Andrew does away or Android did away with the with the. Uh, the, the go back button. Now you yeah. have to swipe the left side of the screen, except right. some apps count on the left side screen swipe yeah. as an actual function sure. of the app. So which one intercepted it, the app or the OS? Yeah. Oh, Android as the new windows. I, I welcome <laughs> Google's involvement in this process. Yeah, well, it will yeah. be hilarious. A yeah. new level of darkness. Yep. Yeah. 
All right. Are you, you you feel better now, Paul? You got the poison out. No, I don't, but I'm ready to move on, Leo. That's right. <laughs> Actually, I would have said, uh, I'm, I, listen, I'd like to keep going, but our hour is up. Um, maybe we'll pick this up again next week. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and yeah. if you are having a, a mental health emergency, please call 911. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And a very special episode of Windows Weekly. <laughs> Paul loses it. Let's talk about our sponsor, then we'll get back. There's lots more to talk about, including I can't wait to hear your take on Bing Chat and the all-new Chat GPT-4, which is here today. Um, our show today, though, brought to you by Drata. Drata. Is your organization finding it difficult to achieve continuous compliance as it quickly grows and scales? Is man I can't when I first talked to these people at Drata, I said, people are manually do collecting evidence for compliance? Oh yeah, most people. What is manual evidence collection slowing your team down? Oh, I bet it is. As a leader in cloud compliance software, G2 Crowd says so. Drata streamlines your SOC two, your ISO twenty seven zero zero one, your PCI DSS, GDPR, HIPAA, and other compliance frameworks by giving you twenty four hour continuous control monitoring. So you focus on writing great software, on scaling, all the important things. Let Drata do the evidence collection. With a suite of more than 75 integrations, Drata easily integrates with your tech stack. Works with AWS, with Azure, GitHub, Okta, Cloudflare, on and on and on. 75 integrations. Countless security professionals from companies like Lemonade, uh, Notion, which we uh, use right here, Bamboo HR, all have shared how critical it's been to have Drata as a trusted partner in the compliance process. These are these are really great companies, great apps, and they're not taking away brain cycles trying to figure out their compliance status. Drata's personally backed, and this is another way you might be reassured that this is something you want. It's personally backed by SVCI, which is a syndicate of CISO angel investors from some of the world's most influential companies. They saw the need. And they said, we got to fund this. This is something everybody needs. Drata lets companies see all their controls easily, map them to compliance frameworks to gain immediate insight. You'll save money because there's overlap, right? And what's being overlapped? Companies could start building a solid security posture. They can achieve and maintain compliance. They can expand their security assurance efforts. Drata's automated dynamic policy templates support companies new to compliance. So this is, you know, I mean, this whole compliance thing is rel it's relatively new, isn't it? We are all of a sudden paying a lot of attention to it. It helps alleviate hours of manual labor. Their integrated security awareness training program, love that. Their automated reminders, assure smooth employee onboarding. And you'll be glad to know they are the only player in the industry to build on a private database architecture, meaning your data can never be accessed by anyone outside your organization. All customers, Drata is there for you. They're, they're, they're a partner, right? All customers get a team of compliance experts, including a dedicated customer success manager. They've got a team of, this is so cool, former auditors with more than 500 audits. They're available for support and counsel. So you can ask an auditor, hey, is this, you know, what am I doing? Is this right? And because Drata maintains a consistent meeting cadence, you're going to stay on track to ensure there's you know no surprises, no barriers. And when it comes time to audit, Drata's pre-audit calls will prepare you 
get you ready for, for those audits. With Drata's risk management solution, you can manage end-to-end -end risk assessment and treatment workflows. You can flag risks. You can score them. You can decide whether to accept them, mitigate them, transfer them, or avoid them. Drata maps appropriate controls to risk, simplifying risk management, automating the process. And Drata's Trust Center provides real-time transparency into security and compliance, which improves sales, security reviews, improves your relationship with your customers and your partners. You can say, look, see what we're doing? Say goodbye to manual evidence collection. Why was that ever a thing? Say hello to automated compliance by visiting drata.com slash twit, D-R-A. T-A, Drata.com slash twit. Bringing automation to compliance at Drata speed. We thank Drata so much for supporting Windows Weekly. And you support us when you use that address because that's how they know you saw it here. Get that demo, the 10% off when you go to Drata.com slash twit. D-R-A-T-A, Drata.com slash twit. Thank you, Drata. Thank you. And now back to the Rant Fest. Paul Therat, Richard Campbell. No, no, no more ranting. Now let's talk about <laughs> AI. <laughs> this, is, this won't be a... This, I can't wait to hear... Literally, ChatGPT4 came out, what, Tuesday? Yesterday? And literally, Something the like 5,000 companies sprang up. Yeah. And every... Here's what, this is, I'm sorry, this is the point I wanted to make that we were kind of glossed over earlier. When, when Bing... When Microsoft announced the Bing chatbot stuff, everyone was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, everything's good. Um, the thing that's cool about the Bing chatbot is uh, technology that they don't own. They did give those guys $11 billion. They have a, they have a 45% stake in OpenAI, right? Okay, but they are not – they didn't make any of it, <laughs> and it's not Microsoft – and it's not exclusive to them. And as you just pointed out, that technology is going everywhere now. So if everything is AI, is anything AI – you know, at some point, AI is just going to be added to everything. And like you said, just in the past X 24 hours, whatever, 48 hours, everything's being AI-ified. You know, it's got it in Google Docs. Uh, yep. That's, yeah, theirs, that's, that's, I guess, their, you know, Lambda or whatever, a bard. But still. These are really just large language models, right? Yeah, like, they're all LM. Yeah. You call them artificial intelligence, they don't work, which is, I think, why you're still <laughs> calling them AI, because I'm pretty right. sure they still don't work. Right, right. But yeah, no. <laughs> well, definitely the, the, large the goofy, language so, models become hip. It, it's funny. There, there, there are places where anything that has to do with writing, like we know we're going to see AI there. We get that. There are products that we're already using AI, you know, Duolingo or uh, Grammarly is a good example. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're adding a more AI and now people are like, Oh, look, they're jumping on the AI bandwagon. Well, you know, actually they were there. I mean, some of them were there all along. I mean, yeah. but um, yeah, it's, not use that term because it's not a term that means anything. That's what I'm saying. I think it, it, it's amazing to me that we uh, leapfrogged into this AI era. And then it's almost like it's coming crashing to a halt, not because it's slowing down in any way, because it's just taken over the world. It's just everything. Now it's, it, the this term has become a story where they said this company called it said we're working on an AI technology. They raised a hundred million dollars. No discernible product. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Yep. So anyway, I, 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 I the one thing I feel good about myself is my clear-headed reaction to this Bing thing, and. <laughs> Uh, I think that there's going to be uh, – no, I don't think. There is an explosion of AI capabilities that's happening all over the world. 
Yeah. Uh, Bing will be but one of those things. And if the world has any natural order sense, uh, Bing will be exactly what it was before this explosion. It will be Bing. <laughs> and good, bad, and different. That's I'll leave that up to you guys. But, but clearly the user count on Bing has gone up dramatically. Like, by, by the way, by what number? You'll be interested to hear if you didn't see this. 100 million. Whoa. Uh, they literally uh, announced that's a big 100 number. million new users. It's the exact number that Richard mentioned. About chat weeks GPT. ago, about chat oh, GPT, same 3. people, 5, the same people say, say, well, saying Microsoft must have looked at that and said, what are we going to do that? to get that? <laughs> what number? And the answer is $11 billion. <laughs> and yeah, well, there well, you go. I would disagree with you, though, that I think Bing chat Bing is better because of it. Better than what? The old Bing. Oh, no, of course it is. My, my point is everything will be better than the old thing. And oh, Bing will, in the normal order of things will remain where it is you think but google you, is gonna be able to we still haven't seen it right they right, put yeah. it in their search right. they do talk about it a lot yeah <laughs> so, they're, um they're still talking about employees are the only ones tinker with it like so yeah. data what what bizarro world do we live in where google yeah put the brakes on out of concerns about this thing and microsoft was like eh, let's go for it G you Gmail know. was in beta for what eight years in public? Yeah, that's true. So, like, if you're why isn't it out there? Like, it, it's know. a very yeah. strange Google, know. but clearly, Microsoft's PR move yeah. on this thing has gone so well that they're like, let's give it to everybody. I mean, initially, they, they put a barrier, yes, yes. Um, since we and started I, recording the show, by the way, Microsoft announced that the Bing chatbot is now just open. So, if you want to go to bing.com. And use it. You can. You don't wow. have to get on the waiting list. You don't have to. Nice. I don't Which think you have to question, use it. Who's paying? Who's paying for this? Right. Like you said, they don't own it. So are they really it, paying? It, it is expensive. Yeah, it's very expensive. It is expensive. That's right. Uh, I mean, maybe not because Microsoft owns Azure, but you saw those stories. Yeah, well, about no, but there's still an expensive running. Of of you're still to build the models, yeah. right? You're still yeah. you're foisting this thing onto the world. You're still paying for. It. You are paying for. It. Microsoft's paying to keep Azure online. I mean. Um, it is electricity consumed, right? Yeah. The the cost of uh, per query or whatever is dramatically higher with these AI-based uh, products than it is for Sam, standard Sam Altman said it was uh, 10 times higher than a Google Ten search tax. Yeah. But this new version is using GPT-4, which is by all accounts like three, three to five times more resource intensive than GPT-3. Yeah. Which but is, also, I mean, uh, an order of magnitude better in some ways, right? Um, this thing, uh, 90% of the time, it can pass a bar exam. That was one of right. the quotes they had. It's more exams. about an indictment of the exam yeah. than it has about the, the brilliance of this. Is like, it's like, you're, you're right. This is like uh, building a processor to beat a benchmark. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh. yeah. No, you're right. I say right. everything we've seen is an indictment of the humans. You know, I mean, Admittedly, it's not great writing. It's mediocre writing, but it is writing yeah. better than most humans. It's all, right. it's really, and we've been putting up with mediocrity yeah. for a long time, right? Well, fair enough. A lot no, of stuff enough. is mediocre. I, I, yep. Yep. Any, this is any memorization based problem. This thing will do well with. Right? Well, of course. Because the fact right. that those exams are about memorizing, right. it just speaks to how poor exams they are, as opposed to exams that test comprehension. Because as right. soon as you challenge any of these large language models for comprehension, they fail. Did you see, though? I mean, people have used uh, ChatGPT4 yeah. to write Pong. They wrote a working Pong. 
uh, it did all the coding. Uh, a working snake. Seventy-three all over again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess is, somewhere it has. This is, well, but this is Copilot 2.0, right? Yeah, yeah. In other yeah. words, the code for Pong is out there. It's out there. So mm-hmm. somewhere it had it. And, it's not, and it somebody, didn't invent it whole cloth. And it does seem <laughs> to <laughs> fail, for instance, in uh, the more recent stuff, stuff, post, you know, this year's information side, sort of stuff. Right, yeah. right. No, no, sure. I mean, and they missed the real opportunity. It should be writing Eliza, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the singularity, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. once AI is writing itself, then it gets better faster than a human can keep up sure. with. I, they make movies and books about this topic. Um, they don't end well for us. I'll just throw yeah. that out there. Yeah, only because you're polluting civilization, right? Yeah, okay. I'm. Now, yeah, there's pollution. It is pollution, isn't it? It's thought pollution. It's it's. We're, fact we're starting. We're starting to see the cost of this stuff too in interesting ways. You know, like, um, I'm sure this is coincidental, but Google announced a bunch of AI features coming to Workspace. Google separately announced Workspace is getting a price hike. You know, mm. uh, Duolingo added two new AI features, which, you know, whatever. Uh, you would think like a premium version of this service would cost, I don't know, 10 bucks a month, 100 bucks a year, that kind of thing. And they do have that service, stupidly named Super Duolingo. But Duolingo Max, which adds these two new AI features, an additional thirty dollars per month. Thirty. Now is Ma- is Max also super? So is it Super Duolingo Max? Or is Max super is a superset of Super. I don't know why that isn't obvious. Um, <laughs> yeah. I nice to see other companies naming products badly because I thought Microsoft owned that no, space. No, no. So it's <laughs> yeah. no means, sir. I'm positive that Super Duolingo used to be called something else. I've stopped using Duolingo, so I've stopped paying attention. But uh, I, I'm sure at one time it was called Duolingo Premium or Pro or some you know typical name. Community Edition SP2. Sure. I think one of the things that's interesting right, sure. about yeah. uh, GPT-4 is it can take an image as mm-hmm. input. Yes. Somebody sketched a website and said, make this a website. Right. And it was a, and it did. Wrote all right. the code right. to make JavaScript and HTML and CSS to make a working website. Not a beautiful one, but it works. Sure. That's impressive. Well, that's, that's most of the web. <laughs> yeah, it's a code monkey, but that's a good code monkey, yeah. right? Sure. Well, it's, instead of going after professional developers, now you're going after the 12 year old down the street. That's an upgrade. It's the new VB. There you go. <laughs> right. Um, but, and study and prompt it, writing because that's really the skill yeah. now. The question is: Was Duolingo always working on this, and then and then management realized that if we call it AI, we could get to charge more for it? Yes. Yep. What does yeah, it do? What's that. new? Is it? Conversation. So one of the or? features, it, yeah. So one of the features is it right now. It's uh, U.S. English to Spanish or French only. Uh, it's iOS only, which is kind of interesting. I suspect. I wonder if they're using the neural processing stuff there. I don't know. Uh, it's going to expand everywhere, obviously. So one of the features is you do something like you have a conversation with a bot, basically, where you're pretending that you're in a Paris cafe and you have to order food and interact with people, and it you know it does a kind of a realistic uh, conversational type thing. The, the other one is uh, if you've ever used Duolingo, um, you'll run, I've run into this issue where you, you perform some kind of an exercise and one of the questions, you answer the question, it goes, you know, you're wrong. You're like, nope, I was right. And over time, they added a thing where you could provide feedback and there would be like a conversation that you could see where people were debating the, this particular topic. So it's, it's kind of an advancement of that where you can learn more about a question or an exercise, whether you got it right or wrong. And it's kind of AI based instead of it being uh, what I would call community based, where it's other more like a human teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Really? Yeah. Now, I, I, I found using Duolingo, I never wanted to know more about anything. I, the only time I ever wanted to, well, no, because I wanted it, I wanted to get as much right as I could. And when it was wrong, it was normally I was wrong. I was, you know, obviously you're learning a language, but every once in a while I would be right. And I was positive I was right. And what I wanted to do was just go back to them with that feedback and mm-hmm. say, no, I'm, I was right. All right. <laughs> you know, yeah. But I got, you know, I got knocked, I got docked a point or whatever it was. You know. Well, and you, were, and you remember how, how successful we've been with ChatGPT convincing for new math, right? <laughs> it's right. plus five equals 21, and you could talk them into that. So now you can do that with language as well and invent your own version of Spanish. Well, we're, oh my God, we're reinventing is the wrong word. We're debilitating language as we move forward in time as it is. I'm sure this is going to accelerate. Figuratively or literally? Both. Um, I, you know, it's like when, when people reduce words down to some, like a single consonant, uh, or a single, um, um, uh, I'm losing my words, <laughs> a single part of the word, a single component of the word. Um, like in other words, instead of suspicious, you're sus, right? Right. That's one step away from turning it into an emoji. Um, and if you've ever, you've seen kids, emoji. kids will literally say emoji things out loud. Like they'll. Right. They'll say, you know, heart emoji or something. It's like, yeah, oh, absolutely. geez, Louise, what is Certainly wrong? Lol, but don't we lol. all say lol? Smiley yeah. face. R-O-T-F-L. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I just, yeah. That's the way of all language, though. You know, I in college, I was it, a Chinese. By the way, it is, but it's, it's, it's ex- because of technology, it's accelerating. It's mm. hard to live in this era yeah. because... It took three thousand years so fast. for Chinese yes. to to rub off all of the uh, the hard edges to sand them down. Chinese doesn't have tenses, it it yeah. doesn't have genders, it doesn't even really have yes or no. Mm. Um, it's 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 all sus. And uh, by Chinese, you mean Mandarin? Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> Mandarin Chinese. Right. Russian, right. on the other hand, is more like Latin, where it's got declensions and conjugations. It's very structured. Yeah. And I, I, it's my impression, I think linguists agree, that the age of the language shows there that the older the language, the simpler it gets, not the more complicated it gets, which is oh, okay. interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what you're seeing. That's what you, exactly what you're seeing. It's just hard to watch it in real time, right? <laughs> be in the middle of it. <laughs> no, it's, it's, Chaucer, it's, Chaucer felt the same way. I want to assure you. Okay. Well, I this appreciate new that. English, I just don't know. You just reminded me, this is apropos of nothing, but we've all heard the term uh, schadenfreude, right? Which German term, uh, gaining happiness in the despair of others. Um, do, you know, do you know what the opposite of schadenfreude is? Mm, no. It's it's freudenfreude. And it's <laughs> it literally being happy because someone else is doing well or is happy, right? It's the, the opposite of schadenfreude. I like that. Anyway. And now yeah, I'd like to too. propose that we say it, shah and frufra. Now I am going to go hang myself. No, sorry, sorry. We've already had that talk. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah. Oh boy. It's literally I mean, Twitter contributes to this, right? Twitter, Twitter, this thing where you can only post a certain number of characters is a step in that direction. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. But you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is it's a natural human tendency. Maybe it's accelerated. I wouldn't be surprised. I think it is. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I do. You're right, of course. And I, but I, I do feel because of technology, it's been accelerated, and it's just hard to live at this time. Which is uh, more efficient. And you're old. Uh, <laughs> I love efficiency, and I hate this. I, I, I don't know. 
the, can I tell the, you? The, I mean, when we were first talking about this a few weeks ago, we were, just, we were looking at, is this going to be a duel between tech giants, Microsoft and, yes. and Google? And I figured Google would be making the next move. Like yeah, isn't that weird? Hard yeah. Mm -hmm. and, they haven't, and here's Microsoft doubling down. Now the chatbot is everywhere. And they've but, officially know, announced GPT-4. Like, But the, you're, you're glossing over the fact that those things that are happening is OpenAI. And it, that it's it not is really that Microsoft. company, yeah. right? It's that company that's disrupting this world. Um, and, and in a way, I, I you have to give. My, we talked about you know uh, uh, Apple or Steve Jobs looking at the iPod and saying, "Look, we got to do the iPhone because someone else will do it if we don't." Mm -hmm. And uh, this is, in some ways, Microsoft's attempt at doing that. Um, not that they were in the market leading position exactly, but it, instead to kind of get back into the people's consciousness, right? That Microsoft yeah. used to dominate personal computing. And now they're like Oldsmobile. People don't really think about it anymore. And uh, I give them credit for, you know, well, I give them credit. It's like Windows 11. I give them credit on the one hand, but I also have this reservation on the other hand where I'm, it's not clear to me what made them do what they did so quickly. Well, um, what's also interesting is that OpenAI has really changed its charter because it was yeah. founded, you may remember, by Elon Musk, Microsoft, and others. Because yep. they didn't want all, all this AI development to occur in secret with Google right. or China or Facebook or whoever. And it they was wanted, really Google they were going for. Yeah. yeah. But they wanted to do it in the open, open AI. Yeah. The yeah. most recent uh, agreement with chat GPT-4 is we're not going to tell you how it works because of the competitive environment. They say because of the competitive yep. environment, we're not wow. going to tell you what we trained on. Sure. And I think it's, that's interesting. I mean, I it's just a, pray they don't alter the terms further. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it's well, well they can. You've left off the story okay. here where Microsoft just let their entire ethical AI team. Go yes, in the that's layer. right. Irony alert. As Google had Tim, done earlier with Tim Gebru and, and Margaret Whit Mitchell, and yeah, uh, because they said things that uh, Google didn't like. So here's the real deal. I, here's yeah. the real deal. If you ask me, if I may charge, yeah. if I may, uh, please, yeah. Channel President Biden. Here's the deal. <laughs> okay, it's really not. It's not malarkey. It's not open. It's, <laughs> it's not malarkey. malarkey. Not open AI and Microsoft. Google's, Where Google's got people. Oh, Facebook has people. Google's head of AI, John Giandrea, went to Apple. Apple's got people. In fact, Microsoft or uh, Facebook's large language model leaked to 4chan, and mm. people are already using it to do very similar things. And I got to think China's got people doing this as effectively so the fact is or they're or they they could be quite far behind which would be kind of interesting or too, quite right? far ahead we do the whole thing is we don't know right okay um yeah. they have some advantage in things like text-to-speech because they have a language that's very hard to type right so uh they have some advantages and they may have been working on this longer than we have who knows mm -hmm. we just don't know um right it's so so just because microsoft and open ai have come forward i I expect, and I don't think that anybody's in a huge rush, uh, because it is a competitive environment. OpenAI admitted it. Yeah. I ex I think you're going to see Siri, Amazon Echo, Google Assistant suddenly come alive. They're going to be much more right. like her. They're going to have conversations with you. Uh, right. And I think it's not just going to be ChatGPT. They're the leader in the race. Not always the best to be. Oh first no, no, I think no. I actually, I think that's kind of the central point of the conversation about AI today. Is it's oh. just going to be everywhere. Yeah, yeah absolutely, and from everybody. I, I, I think. Yeah, uh, none of this is secret technology. It's all very public, right? Yeah, right. The way it works, everybody yeah, knows. That, that might be. 
the Chinese have been blocking ChatGPT, and people have been getting <laughs> troubles for circumventing those blocks. Sure, but they just recently announced that they were going to roll out their own version of ChatGPT, and had reached into the Baidu's and all of the major Chinese companies, saying, "You will be using this." Interesting. <laughs> sure. See, if I were them strategically, I might not want anybody to know what we've got. What we've got. Yeah, I don't think yeah. the problem is that they're not. This is not a country good at innovation. It's a country good at commoditization. I thought you were going to say stealing, but okay. Yeah. Yep. That too. You know, in intellectual theft is also a kind of commoditization. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. I, you know, remember how strongly they reacted to, to alpha go and this whole, now you've taken our game and made a player for it. Like we're going to go do that better than anyone. And we're still waiting for the big AI moves. I mean, well, China is also big enough that they don't have to serve the world. Right, they serve their own um, market. That's what's kind of interesting. I mean, they they can be very insular and still be yeah. very successful. And, and well, yet you really can't keep what they're using in their own market secret because it's a billion and a half yeah. user. Yeah, it's not yeah. secret. Yeah, but also I think they want to, uh, the, the, what has changed a little bit. Unlike Russia, which wants military power and territory, um, and of course China does that too. But I think they're really more interested in economic power and soft power. And um, yeah. And so maybe this is the kind of thing where you go to India or Africa and say, hey, these these guys uh, at Microsoft and Google are eating your lunch. Look what we got. This is actually I, um, before COVID and I was traveling to Europe a lot. And this is something Richard probably still experiences. And I see this a little bit in Mexico, too, with Huawei, is you get outside the U.S. bubble, in my case, and you realize that there's Chinese companies all over the place that you're just not really aware of. You know, mm -hmm. um, they have me stores here. What's that little, uh, what's that company? Uh, is it Xiaomi that does the Xiaomi's me stuff? Xiaomi's in fantastic stuff, by the way. Those yeah. So they, they, have, they have stores in Mexico city. Uh, Huawei products are big in Mexico. Um, but when you go to Europe, I would, I would, you would just drive around or be walking around and you would see billboards and signs and, and it's like this, these are companies that don't even register right. to this typical American um, yeah, so I, I, I sort of said insular, but honestly, like I, as you're suggesting, I guess, I mean, they're they're in these markets. They're in they're basically just not in the United States. That's what right. it is. And so, so they are they are in fact out there. And if if they're going to compete in the space, they need a chatbot. Obviously, this seems to be the hotness. Like I, I keep wondering yeah. if we're going to go into winter on this too. Like eventually, yeah. the the this enthusiasm wanes as the yep. profit disillusionment appears, right? As it turns right. out, it's not good. <laughs> That's at right. Yep. That's the question um, I keep yeah. asking. Is the legacy real? is going to be the poorly written essays of a sixth grade student will now be yeah. written by AI. Um, we just spent two years working, you know, doing school from home and is struggling. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, how often have we seen technologies highly touted uh, fail or just well, not listen, deliver? That, that kid who never learned anything because of COVID and is going to graduate has He's, a rich career ahead of himself at Microsoft working on Notepad and Paint. Yep. <laughs> We've so, somebody to keep your... Everyone's... Every, it's all working. coming full circle. It's going to be fine. <laughs> what am I worried about? I don't know why I complained. <laughs> explain it. We're in the normal. I can't wait. My daughter, who's 30, has developed a real revulsion for... Uh, what is the... What is it? Gen... What is the latest generation? Gen Z? Gen Z or... She says they're on their phones all the time. She just went to a writing conference. Wow. And all the people under, you know. Say, oh, my God. She's turned into an old person. I know. She's only 30. But but she missed. No, so but that's her, crazy. Her what generation I, missed it a little bit. And your kids okay. 
are of the generation where they live on their phones. Oh, they're little electrical leeches. Um, they're highly addictive. I saw the she phrase. Said, she saw a one-and-a-half-year-old kid going through uh, withdrawal because mommy yeah. didn't let him have the phone. He was... She said he oh, was, please don't, he had I, the shakes. He was literally going through withdrawal symptoms. We had to resist having words with friends of ours who have a young child who played with the phone the entire time during a dinner that was supposed to be only for adults anyway. But like just watching this horror show of non-parenting and uh, it's difficult. It's universal. But, um, it's yeah. everywhere. It's, it's, I am. Um, I just saw the phrase before the phones were there. You used to stick them in front of Sesame Street. I mean, that's what it was for, right? Like, we used no, that's true. But, you know, by the way, at least Sesame Street was educational. Mm -hmm. I can assure you, whatever they're doing on the phone is not educational. Um, They're watching YouTube videos, actually, in her case. Um, I saw the phrase millennial middle age crisis today. Wow. Yikes. That's my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's going through a midlife crisis. Millennial middle age crisis. And the problem for millennials is they don't have any money, so they can't buy a Porsche. So (laughs) they're going to have problems, you know. It's really true. But I would submit if, uh, I mean, first of all, you have to be familiar with these technologies. But I think you'd have a leg up if you weren't addicted to them. Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's how this whole generation is going to be. I don't know. This is, um, it's like a video game. You know, if this, if, if you're good at this, you'll be good at programming. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I don't think that's okay. true, by the way. I don't think it, I know. I don't either. No, I don't either. Better you yet, used to, you, you, know, you go to math this class. Is how, this, when, I, when I was coming of age, when I was, lear- I wanted to learn to be a programmer, you had to buy a book. So you did. You went to a bookstore, you looked, there's no way you couldn't look up if they were good or bad or different. You flipped through them. You're like, this one looks good. You brought it home. You read it. Today. People watch YouTube videos that can do anything. We yeah. can learn how to fix a sink. Yeah. You know? Even that's too lazy. That Even that's not lazy enough for people. Now they're just going to go to AI and be like, hey, how do I fix this thing? That's <laughs> really true. You know? Right? But it will you work thought, because you it will tell them. couldn't get lazier than YouTube. But in a flash, they've proven us wrong again. Yeah. We can find another level. It's only a matter of time before it's that Isaac Asimov story where there's only five people per planet. They're all so fat, they have to, like, float around on things. That's Wally. They're looking at each other on view screens. No, this is Isaac Asimov before Wally, way before Wally. Um, no, this is one of the robot books. And I, it just, geez. But, I'm okay, I'll tell fiction. you the same thing I told my daughter. Yeah. This is what old people say. This is how it's always been. I know, been. I know. <laughs> it's always know. been this way. Stop playing that rock and roll music. Cut your hair. <sighs> This is an existential crisis. I don't know what to do. I have many mm-hmm. questions. In fact, most, mostly it's really interesting because as I have, you know, we've been doing this now for quite a few decades. Mm-hmm. Mostly what has happened instead of in the old days, I'd be informing and talking about and saying, this is the way sure. to do it. And now it's yep. all, what's this? What is, what's going on? <laughs> I know. <laughs> is this real <laughs> or is this real life? Uh, what yeah. is the impact is of this going to be? Is this a good idea? Is this a good idea? There's a and and I don't know the answer. I'm well, not I'm not pl- playing d- devil's advocate or anything. I genuinely is, want to know when I come to people like Richard and Paul. It, it, is this really AI or okay. is it a parlor so, trick or what? We're going we're going to get to this later in the show, but there, there's there's an interesting point where you're you're heavily involved in an industry like we are, 
and someone will mention the name of a product, a company, a service, whatever it is. And then you have this weird moment where you say, I've, I've never even heard of that. <laughs> you know, how, how is that possible? I, I, I spend almost every waking minute only thinking about this thing. And now you're telling me that there's a company <laughs> that I've never heard of <laughs> making a product I don't understand. Like, it just feels weird. Let me right? ask it you this, feel... though. Yeah. When you go to Mexico, do you feel like you're a little bit going back in time? Yeah, I, there's a couple of whammies here. I mean, one, it's a city, right? So I live in a really That's rural true. area. It's this a is, very urban. This is a, it, first of all, it's a it's a big, loud, Yeah. you know, this is stuff. And there's, there's that. There's the language aspect to it, too, right? But, yeah, there, there's... um, It's a little more well, old-fashioned. People, people here have smartphones, right? Everyone. Yeah. Uh, and they're all Android phones, <laughs> for one thing, um, almost universally, the people who live here, um, except the rich people, I guess. I, I, yeah, I mean, it is. How about Wales or New Zealand? Well, <laughs> Wales or New Zealand? It, wait, who, who, thinking, said oh, Wales and, who said this? Who said this? Sorry, you said Wales, and I thought of Wales. Like, not yeah, giant no. Wales, no, the country. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, that, that, now, now that makes Land sense. Land O'Leaks. Um, yes. Who said this? Uh, the uh, the future was it Heinlein? Was it Stevenson? The future's already here. It's just not evenly distributed. That's really good. <laughs> Gibson. Yeah, I was going to say it's not Stevenson. Gibson. But yeah, okay. Gibson. No, that's how you be an effective futurist, right? It's just go find the corners where the future is and then yeah. explain them to other people. That's what Amy Webb says. She went to Japan. William Gibson is like the uh, Alan Kay of authors. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. You know, it's full of, full of you know, insight. The guy who yeah. wrote the word cyberspace for the very first mm -hmm. time, but he wrote it on the Wedgwood typewriter. That's beautiful. Kind of, <laughs> I kind of yeah, blame him for that. that. That's Bonafides right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I kind of blame him for that. Cybernetic. Yep is not the internet. Cybernetic is something else. Well, talk to Neil Stevenson and ask him how MRNAR is going. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. It's not exactly what crash. he predicted. Yeah. No. Or Neuromancer, where they jacked in. Right, Neuromancer, uh, which yeah. is William Gibson, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Neuromancer. That's William Gibson. But, but he, even then he was talking about, you know, keyboards with no text on them. And yeah, 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 yeah sure. And wiring directly, very much a second life description of things. One right. of the uh, things I remember vividly from Neuromancer was he had a beat up laptop that had the entire knowledge of the human race on it. Yes. And we're very my, my, close to that. My actually. son is, my son who was, had to have been five years old, he was a just a tiny kid, said to me one day, they should invent a thing that could answer any question. Uh huh. I said, Mark, you were growing up in a world of wonder because yeah. that thing exists. They invented it, and its name yeah. is ChatGPT. I did not. I, well, it was Google at the time, but I, I didn't have that when I was a kid, for sure. No. I had a crusty 1972 edition of Encyclopedia yeah. Britannica yeah. I could leave yeah. through. I had the know. world book and uh, the yeah. library, right? And if, yeah, exactly, you know, which if, had even older uh, encyclopedias if, in my case. If you want to know how old Gina Lola Brigida was when she died, where are you going to find that? You're not going to find it in the world book? You're going to go to the library? I don't know. I guess we don't yep. ask those questions anymore. I know. We didn't. We, we do now. If anything, we have too much information. What the hell are we talking about? We have anyway. Way too much. <laughs> way too much. Yep. All right. Well, no, we have access to a lot of stuff. We don't know how much of it is actually information. There you go. And this is always the problem, right? When you have access to a lot of stuff, what's what's the value of it? This is why no one can sleep at night. There's too much information. Yeah. You know?
How much better off would you be know, not knowing some of the terrible things that are going on in the world? You know, the price of everything you know? and the value of nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we tr- we're also making fun of the people who don't know. So, Well, yeah, of course, them. <laughs> I, yes, but a, a, a simple person, a person who was uneducated, a person who never watched the news, didn't care, lived their little life. You have to think. They probably are pretty content. <laughs> you know, when we were ways. in uh, Oaxaca. We went By to a Zapoteca enclave. That's one of the native, uh, um, I don't know, was it a race? Peoples of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like they, an indigenous. In, they're indigenous. Uh, and race, they didn't yeah. have uh, COVID problems or restrictions because it was all sealed up. They never got it. Yeah. Uh, they didn't, they had, you know, wood burning stoves, um, agriculture. You know, they might have some yep. cars and stuff, but they really uh, lived a simple yeah. life and they were very, they seemed very happy. Well, let me ask you a question about Call of Duty penetration in yeah. this place. Um, <laughs> no, zero. <laughs> okay. So I saw you, the teenage daughter who would normally be going, the, the hell with you, mom. I'm going downtown. Right. Building a, a fire so they could cook dinner. Oh, that's an excellent. Oh, so you asked me if I, going back in time. So one thing we've noticed twice now here on Sunday Sunday is family day. Yep. So mm-hmm. when you go out to eat, it's it's like a, a grandmother. It's all dressed up, and the uh, the kids bring them out to dinner. And you see them walking down the street, and they're holding on to their arm. Or they, it's you, amazing, we, we see, isn't we've it? Seen them. It's it's crazy, and it's it's nice, right? It obviously. feels wholesome. Um, I would probably push my mother in front of a bus at this point, but <laughs> but you know, it's a different different situation. It's but, different, and you're used to it. You know, yeah. you probably also. Know that everybody's a little dysfunctional, and you just go, you know, that's Granny, and yep. you still. I don't you still see. I, you know, I don't see a lot her. of family dysfunction. Honestly, I see we see multi generation yeah. all the time. Not just Sunday, but but especially Sunday. My God, especially Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we were uh, the place we went to this very inexpensive place on Sunday, and it was very clearly the highlight of this. Uh, not multiple uh, grandmothers like they're dead. Like this was the biggest thing of the week. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, and it was just time with family, you know? Yeah. It's nice. Yeah, it's, good. it's a good cultural element. There yeah. is some nostalgia for that, I might I might add, in, in the Gen Z. Uh, you know, they play board mm-hmm. games, some of them. And there's definitely some nostalgia for that, and they want that back. And they're family Well, nostal- that's nostalgia for something they never experienced. Yeah, it's nostalgia. That's, that's my definition of a hipster. Is yeah. someone who's nostalgic for a, a, a thing they did not experience. Yeah. Bell <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, you I, like bell vinyl bottles. records and, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, what are you talking about? You, you grew up in the age of Nokia, iTunes. The like, Nokia 3310. Yeah. 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 Making your own pickles. Right? Make it. Right. Like, hey. Which is well, always good, actually. Can I just well, tell you the, the 20, whole, there's going to be a whole chapter. century bottle. Right. There's going to be a whole chapter in Henry's cookbook, his first, about making pickles, making your own pickles. Yeah. Pickle, chapter, lots of pickling. things can be pickled, and pickle, pickled anything is good. It's one of his uh, specialities. Nice. I, I'm in Wales. It's corned beef country. For oh, right yeah. Are they, do they celebrate St. Patrick's Day? I know they're not Irish, but. Yeah, it's an Irish thing. And even the Irish don't say They don't. Day. It's Amer- no, Irish-American. American. Yeah. They'll also be quick to tell you it's St. Paddy's Day. St. Paddy's Day. <laughs> well, uh, they, 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 Day. our local market. Got a barrel, fiddled it up, and made their own corned beef. And, and we're all going it, down. It. And we're all going down <laughs> to see. It's not the most uh, attractive sight in your butcher's uh, cabinet, the corned beef, but it's there. Big hunks of it. And uh, and uh, it's a problem that mustard can solve. 
<laughs> Mustard can solve any problem. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Let's talk about Microsoft 365. Really two little things about Word, right? Yes. I, I, I complained a lot about Word up front. Actually, this is a complaint too. Word is getting two sets of keyboard shortcuts that you would have thought it had 25 years ago, but it, it doesn't. Uh, the first one is paste as text, which, by the way, should be an OS level shortcut. But okay. yeah, hello. Uh, I know, I know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, of, and, you know and, and the shortcut key varies from app to app, like I, which makes me, I know, it, all. it makes me crazy. So the way I get her, I use, I, I want everything that comes into Word from outside of Word to be text. There's yeah. a setting in Word that does that, which doesn't sync. By the way, that I was talking about earlier. Why would so it? if you go File Options Advanced, you'll see four paste options. One of them is what to do when you when something gets pasted in from outside of Word, paste as text is how I do that. So I, I, right. I get around this problem. But yes, Control-Shift-V should always be paste as text, period. It's not. I don't know. Well, uh, the other one is Zoom, right? So Word has Zoom built in, yeah. obviously. Um, but it's it's non-standard Zoom. It, you can use a little slider at the bottom. Uh, we now know from web browsers the right way to do Zoom. The right way is Control-Plus. Control minus control zero. Yes. Yes. So Word is going to get that feature and enter the 21st century. But still I, implemented in the app, not in the operating system. Weird. I, like, it's yes. somewhere in the operating system right. they implemented. When I'm pasting a link, you paste the title of the link, not the freaking link. Here's I, I think this is right. I'm not a I'm not a Chromebook user. I occasionally use Chromebooks just to kind of keep up on them. I believe in Chrome in a Chromebook, you can do control plus and the whole UI will scale. Nice. I mean, yes, right? Yeah. What's happening to Leo? What's happening? I don't, I don't know. We're in we're in great transition for a moment there. But what I, what, I, a, what, a, what a, are you? I'm getting are ready you? for Saint David's. You're like a, a like a bearded radish. What is happening? <laughs> this is somebody from Wales gave me this leek hat. Oh, a leek. Okay, a, a leek. Because it's the official the uh, vegetable of uh, Wales, I guess. <laughs> And it's got a little Welsh beard, and apparently, this you wear this. Uh, I, I did March first, which is Saint David's Day, in okay. uh, in Wales. So, next time you're there, Richard, <laughs> I missed, I'd, I'd I like to lend you this. <laughs> That's amazing. You can, you can you can borrow. This is it. what happens when you do when you don't trim your green onions. This is where a you bearded are. leek. I'm a bearded <laughs> leek. I think it has something to do with Shakespeare. I, the leaks is true right but anyway uh would you like to talk about developers 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 while i while i peel my leak off my hand get rid sure. of your leaks yes just two small things um microsoft went public with build for this year it's may 23rd to the 25th it's going to be live uh hybrid really right so they'll be live and remote you know Build should always be that way anyway. Um, in I Seattle, know. I assume it's at the uh, convention the center. Conference. Yep. Yeah. Conference center. So, yeah, I don't know. That's all I know about it. So this is a gut check moment for me because this will be my first opportunity to possibly travel to a Microsoft event since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you got to um, spend $2,200 on a conference, they're a way to go. I'm not going to do that, <laughs> but but maybe travel to Seattle. Is there a press initiative? Like you think there be press passes? Oh yeah, I know I do. I, I I well, oh, you know what? That's a good question. I hope so. Actually, I don't know for sure. 
Yeah, that, um, I mean, I really get a sense that Microsoft is relearning how to make conferences. And so, like, I don't know that that was part of the conversation. Yeah. Okay. Actually, now that you say that, that wouldn't surprise me. Okay. So no. we'll see. They, like, they want developers there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, every, all of my experiences around the event so far, it's like we are, it is conference one on one. We are learning from scratch again. Wow. Okay. Well, I, uh, that would give me a nice out, I guess. So we'll see. <laughs> I guess we'll see. I know, I know you're, I assume you're going to be there. You're going, right? I have nothing set yet. So okay. oh, wow. I, okay. I canceled events in Europe to be available for that week when they mentioned that this is likely we was going to be. And in, in the past, gotcha. I have been heavily involved, but nothing's happened. Oh, and so wow. when I, okay. and rather than be upset about this, what I said is I have two choices, one where mm-hmm. I drive to Seattle and work and one where I stay home. Yep. These are not bad choices. No. Right, right. right. If there's a, um, you know, if you guys end up there, we could do the shows uh, from there. What mm-hmm. is it? May 23rd? We'd almost have to. I think one of those days is a Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday, yeah. Because yeah. uh, I looked, well, and, that's the first thing I looked at. Good. Yeah, well, the 24th and, and, is and Wednesday. In years past, I was running a broadcast space. Which at, at I've format. used, actually, for Windows Weekly, if I'm I remember not mistaken. It. Yes, yes. That, yep. All of that seems to still be up in the air. So okay. I do. Otherwise, I would be arranging it. All right, let's talk. Well, let's keep me in keep in touch on this topic. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I knew where you were. Oh wait, that's me. I don't know where I am. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the leak yeah. is a uh, symbol of Saint David's Day, which was March first. Uh, is it a symbol of infertility? <laughs> no. <laughs> what is it? like, no. There's actually no. an interesting story. Uh, okay. St. David suggested Welsh shoulders wear, sh- soldiers wear a leak attached to their helmets to distinguish them from the invading Saxon horde. Let's talk about GitHub. Yeah, so, so GitHub, I don't know, last year announced that by the end of 2023, they're going to require anyone who contributes code to GitHub to use 2FA, right? Uh, the two-factor authentication. Um, they're starting to roll that out now, meaning that they're starting to contact people. They're starting with smaller teams. So if you're in a small team or I, I'm an individual, I guess. So I, they haven't contacted me yet, but this is the first wave of that. And they'll start saying, hey, you're going to have to do this. And, you know, hopefully most people do it right up front. Um, you'll have some month, number of months to do it. If you don't, you'll you start losing access to certain things. You're not going to lose any of your code or anything like that. But, you know, they want to uh, get GitHub secure. So uh, well, the exploitation of GitHub accounts is an issue. Right. Like you imagine successfully hacking a, an account for someone who's got pull requests mm-hmm. for a major product, a major. Open yep. source like it's a big deal. Well, and that's and right. So you can use GitHub without 2FA. You just yeah. if you're a contributor, you have to have 2FA. Yeah, that's yeah. the main thing. Yeah. And I turn it um, on. I use a. I, use no, you, a, I mean, yeah. General yeah, advice. I, you should turn it on for everything. everything right. Everything. That, that yeah. You can, yeah. I've had they, and they've had a good. Um, Yubikey implementation for years. I use like the Yubikey with them. Yeah, it, work, it works well. Mm-hmm. And I will say that my authenticator app, authenticator, sorry, app over the past year has gotten big. <laughs> you know, where you uh, it, like it will say, "Hey, you're gonna." It will be one of those uh, situations where you want to type in a code. And you go to look at it, you're like, oh, it's below the fold. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, you know, and the, yeah, it's kind of I'm interesting. On, I'm to a few pages now. It's getting mm-hmm. to be a like, Yeah, it's, got, it's, it, it's an interesting problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's something that's happened over the past year for sure. Yeah. Now I'm, and, and now there's enough different MFA options that it's like, well, which one is this application? I know use? that's actually a huge problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm trying to move, use the YubiKey as much as possible, but sometimes mm-hmm. you must use Authenticator. 
You never want to use SMS. And yet sometimes you have to. Sometimes that's all they have. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's an issue. I would like to point out, I know it's not really germane to anything, but if you look at the stock market today. Please be please be good news. Please be good news. Well, a lot of a lot of red especially mm-hmm. in software, except for Microsoft, which is green, and Google, which is green. And I suspect this uh, has something to do with uh, AI, I would guess, yeah. with all that red. Amazon, Google, By which Microsoft. you mean AI is playing the market now and betting <laughs> on itself. Maybe. That might be it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but no, I think it, Microsoft has benefited mightily from this. From being the first. Listen, they were struggling so badly before this. I mean, now it's like they're the second biggest company in the world. It's so strange. <laughs> okay, fine. No, no, you're no, no. I'm not discounting what you said. I just um, no. I should say not to, to, we're not used to Microsoft being innovative, social installed. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Like yeah. people have people are talking about Microsoft. Yeah, yeah which is weird. Yeah, the last time good. we did this, like Bill Gates was sitting in a deposition chair, looking like a jerk. Actually, I think that's you know, probably it's been, the it's, chief it's been benefit, a while, isn't it? It's. Yeah. I mean, initially, I would have said uh, being an edge adoption. But really, uh, the 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 zeitgeist. Yeah, I think it's time for them to update their logo again. <laughs> you know, uh, a little just a little because they, you're they right on it. Is that what you're thinking? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Microsoft.ai. Just saying. I actually I had something a little more HAL nine thousand in mind. Mm. Uh, just a big just red a big dot. red a big red eye. Microsoft. Yeah, that's a that's a big fall from grace. They used to be the Death Star. You know. Oh, there was the Borg period. It was always a picture of right. Bill Gates with the Borg. Gates with the laser on the yeah. side of his head. We, right. we here for you. Yeah. <laughs> hello, oh hello, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Leo. <clears throat> I can't Sorry. do that. Sorry, Leo. Uh, Paul, I think you'd yes. better do the Xbox segment. This will be curiously quick, although... Microsoft just announced two 10-year cloud gaming deals Woo. with companies you've never heard of, which mm. is what I was referring to earlier. Boosteroid and Ubitus. <laughs> what? Sounds made up. <laughs> it definitely sounds either like a new pharma. You know, Boosteroid, new- <laughs> I think, is something to remove hemorrhoids. Yeah, and exactly. Then, I don't Ubitus, don't yeah. use Boosteroid if you've had any allergy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Ub- yep. Ubitus. So, Ubit- Boosteroid. Ubit- where, where do they find these companies? Ubitus. Like, what, what is this? But this is all for Europe, right? This is all to reassure. Oh, and actually, the EU's yes, given this, up to well, reassure the FTC and the DOJ. Reassure any regulator. Like, hey, look, right. we're doing these deals. We want to do this deal with Sony. Sony yeah. just won't even talk to us. Yeah. You know? Ubitus is Everybody a Japanese Sony is gamer. wearing diapers, kicking its legs in the corner because its cracker just snapped in half, and it doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> and he's, the, he's the one who snapped them in the first place. Yeah, ex- they did it themselves. Yeah, exactly. And I can't hurt myself. Reason. Yep. They're just so petulant. <laughs> and... I just don't want to. <laughs> you know, it's it's that dumb and that simple. Yeah. Such a good word. Petulant. Yeah. You should say it with an English yeah. accent. Petulant. Uh, Epic Petulant Games. Pretty. Epic Games. What's new there? Yeah. So Epic Games is kind of interesting uh, because they have the store and the PC. It's one of several options there, right? They have 
over 1500 games there now um 626 i think new titles came to the store last year they often have free games which i think is probably a big part of their appeal um they only take a 12% cut on games compared to 30% on valve with uh, uh, steam rather and 30% obviously on mobile uh, typically um, but they're going to do this thing that Microsoft was talking about a couple of years ago. And I'm not sure I've seen a bunch of this happening, but they're going to basically allow stores within the store. And you, if you want to have as a third party, want to go through the Epic game store and use your own payment systems and blah, 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 they're going to let you do it. And um, this makes sense. I think coming from these guys, uh, Tim Sweeney's always been kind of pushing uh, against the big guy. Oh, well, they're literally in lawsuits, you know, against Google. And, and Apple. these are the Fortnite guys who yes. got in trouble with Apple when they tried yeah. to serve at the store. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're now, I mean, it's great. They're up to 1500 games. What's steam at 50,000. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, some order of magnitude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This right. is still, but you know, when you're in the PC, it's not like Xbox. Like you buy a console, you have to go through Xbox. When yeah. you're on the PC, you can, yeah, you pick and choose. You know, I get stuff you from here and there. You can still buy a DVD if you try hard enough. I don't yeah, know where you put it on your computer, but you can do it. Yep. Yep. Uh, it, I'm not unhappy that Steam has even a minor competitor because it is a remarkably, yep. by the way, entirely privately held yes. monopoly. Yep. Right. Gabe this, Newell is a multi-billionaire. Right. And well, there's so is Tim Sweeney, <laughs> but but yeah. yeah. And they've never there because there's never been more than a few hundred shareholders at Valve. They're never going to get to public. They don't have any right. reason. I am well, aware. You can tell no I one. Have, you can tell there's no oversight there because they haven't made Half Life Three yet. For crying out loud, what uh, is going on? Like, no, talk about Steam is a massive success in all yeah, honesty. Yeah. I mean, Epic would love yeah. to be that big. Steam yeah. is the default way you play games on a PC. Sure, without yeah. a doubt. And Valve will never make a single-player game ever again. They make multiplayer right. games, right? right? They didn't work on Half-Life 3. They worked on Dota. And they make yeah. more money on Dota per year no than they make on Half-Life. Yeah. I believe there's a original Half-Life ray tracing mod that's out now that mm -hmm. looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. There's obviously the... Uh, I, got the um, I got the portal implementation of that, and it's gorgeous. Okay. There's a, there's also a... What's the... It's called... Is it not Project Mesa? Um, Black Mesa. I think it's just called Black Mesa after the place in the game. Uh, which is a remake of the original Half-Life with modern graphics, gorgeous, you know, the stuff like that. But guys, come on. I mean, <laughs> it's just, I mean, this would sell itself. Yeah. But it would uh, never make enough money. Yeah. That's probably sadly probably true. Then let the community do it. You know, I don't know. It's an, it's an interesting point. I mean, he, he did go back and revisit the Half-Life world to experiment with VR. Yep. With Alex. Alex. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, and it had its own set of problems, but, and they, Portal is I, tied into that world, right? I mean, the yeah, two Portal that's games. Black yep. I love it, Portal. Cool. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. It's very okay. clever. They're very yeah, clever. That song is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. uh, what is it? Uh, Still alive. Jonathan, this Still was alive. a triumph. I'm making a note here. Big <laughs> success. <laughs> yep. Jonathan, Jonathan Colton. Still alive. Colton. Thank you. Yes. 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 Uh, the device has been modified. I'm told. I'm not sure what that means, but I'm worried now. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 like, are we supposed to march on the government the or something? I was... don't know. The AI is talking to me. It's <laughs> the from AI Portal. Has told us. It's from Portal. Yeah. Oh, I see. That's the, it's Portal 2. must be the Portal 2 victory theme. The device is modified. Uh, Still Alive oh, was from okay. Portal 1. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Uh, let us uh, take a break. In the back of the book is coming up. We're going to have some brown mm -hmm. liquor, some more 
Lessons in Whiskey coming up mm. along with tips. It's mash tips. day. It's mash day. <laughs> Nice. But first, a word from our sponsor, Collide, K-O-L-I-D-E. Collide is the way, the way to implement a zero-trust architecture. I'll tell you why. One of the major holes in zero-trust architectures is device compliance, right? Collide is a device trust solution that ensures unsecured devices can't access your apps. And we have a great, by the way, lesson in this. If you listen to Steve uh, yesterday on Security Now, remember the last pass hack, we've learned that the DevOps guy, there were four DevOps guys who had keys to the S3 buckets. Uh, one of them was working at home on his laptop, which had a three-year-old unpatched version of Plex on it. Now, had they been using Collide, they could have set it up so this guy could not log in, could not get into the network, could not, but they didn't. And, uh, well, you know the what, what happened. Collide has some big news for you, Okta users. Collide can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. And this is the problem. Your identity provider, like Okta, only lets known devices log into apps. But just because a device is known, oh, yeah, sure, they knew that DevOps guy. Just because a device is known doesn't mean it's in a secure state. In fact, plenty of the devices in your fleet right now probably shouldn't be trusted. Maybe they're running out-of-date OS versions, or maybe they've got unencrypted credentials lying around. Their browsers aren't up to date. They've got a three-year-old version of Plex. If a device isn't compliant or isn't running the Collide agent, which is what ensures compliance, it can't access your SaaS apps, or other resources. You just can't get in. The device user cannot log into your company's cloud apps until they've fixed the problem on their end. It's that simple. If, uh, if let's say as an example, your, your uh, device doesn't have an up-to-date browser. Employees using a laptop, using an old version of Chrome. What Collide does, the agent notes that and then gets the end user to remediate it so they can log in. You, and this is fantastic because using end-user remediation drives your fleet to 100% compliance, but it does not overwhelm your IT team. And now the users are on that team. They're there to help. They're not the enemy. They're your allies. Without Collide, IT teams it, have a real challenge to solve these compliance issues or stop insecure devices from logging in. With Collide, you can set and enforce compliance across your entire fleet. And that's one of the great things about Collide, completely cross-platform. Mac. Linux, and PC. Collide's unique in that it makes device compliance part of the authentication process. So the user fires up Okta, ready to log in. Collide then alerts them, says, wait, whoa, hold on there, buddy, bucko. <laughs> There's a compliance issue. You can't log in until you fix this. And it gets fixed, and it's secure, and you, the IT guys, the security, didn't have to get involved. It's security you can feel good about because Collide puts transparency and respect for the user at the center of their product. And honestly, it really, really works. To sum it up, Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, more importantly, 100% fleet compliance. Using Okta, you need to visit collide.com slash WW to learn more or book a demo. And maybe you want to use Okta just so you can use Collide, right? K-O-L-I-D-E, Collide. 
com slash WW. Brilliant idea. We thank you, Collide, for supporting Windows Weekly. You support Windows Weekly when you use that special address. Get that demo. Find out more. K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash WW. Thank you, Collide. And I bet you right about now, last pass wishes they had Collide back in the day. You see, I mean, that can be a huge cost to a company, right? I mean, reputational Business-wise, yeah. uh, I, I, I don't know the leadership at, at, at LastPass are all that concerned. It changed hands how many times oh, in yeah. two years? When they were five, advertising or... with us, they were owned by LogMeIn. They were a standalone company. LogMeIn bought them. Yeah, yeah. LogMeIn sold to private equity. Then now yes, the private equity, which is always, always a good sign. That's when it went. Right. Uh, uh, that was after they stopped advertising. I think it was probably why. Because uh, private equity is all about cutting costs. Cut, yeah. You know, and uh, and by the way, the program, they, they, they clearly focused on UI because LastPass looks great, works nicely. Software was fine. Yeah, That's they they the worked on the, the they worked on the front end yeah. and they apparently neglected a little bit of a little bit in the back end. Actually, I feel for them because what's become more and more apparent is that they were the focus of a very targeted attack. They, you mm -hmm. know, the bad guys got in in the summer. They got a lot of information about the company then they targeted the four uh, devops guys who had those keys you know specifically uh right. they found that plex hole got in through that uh and and were able to get in the s3 buckets they knew they kind of knew exactly what they wanted to do right which is a little scary um well, it's, a, it's always a challenge to be targeted yeah as it's to hard ipod yeah right? it's really hard and uh so i don't in some ways i don't feel I feel a little sorry for them. Um, somebody, I can't remember who on our uh, Sunday show was saying, you know, it was, could have been a competitor. I don't think it was a competitor. Jeez. It's sure. I mean, I don't think it was a competitor. Wow. I think it's much more likely. In fact, now Steve said maybe North Korea is uh, is implicated. So yeah. it could have been a nation. There may well be a ransomware attack going on in this. They've just never revealed it. That's right. We don't know. I mean, their disclosures have not been great. Right. <laughs> Let's right. put it that way. Yeah. All right, back of the book. Uh, let's yeah. start off, Paul. You got uh, you got something for us? A little tip of the week? Yeah. So if you are a YouTube Premium subscriber, and we're actually going to get to that in the app pick of the week as well, um, you can. It, well, I should say asterisk asterisk. If you're in the United States and you have never signed up for this service before, you can get three months of PC Game Pass, which is Microsoft's PC based Xbox Game Pass service for free. So you should definitely try this. I've been using PC Game Pass since I've been here in Mexico. I don't usually use it, but <clears throat> I had to write about the Xbox app for the book and I signed up. And it's, it's honestly, even on a kind of pedestrian laptop, it's not bad. So there's that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm. Um, no, it's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. And it's yeah. one of those many options like we we were talking about. Uh, Steam and Epic Games and, you know, good old games and whatever else is available. There's lots of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, that's one, one of the choices. Um, so I don't know if you've been following the news about Spotify. Um, <laughs> Spotify apparently decided that what people want is TikTok. So they've turned Spotify <laughs> into TikTok. Have that's you looked at this thing? Instagram did too. It drives me oh, nuts. it's awful. It's awful. And I don't use Spotify, but everyone else in my family does. So I have Spotify. So... I looked at it and I, I I cannot believe what they did to this app. It's crazy. And uh, the only good news is that by default, so what happens is every 
is a feed basically on the homepage. You can say, I just want music, uh, you know, instead of podcasts and whatever else. And if you select just music, it's just music videos and they play on a loop and you go down and instead of like playlist names, it's like a playlist or an album. And there's a music, like a segment of a music video playing. It's, it's the most, it's like attention span, uh, lack of attention span theater. It's crazy. And, um, if you're playing music, you go back out to the home feed. It will actually stop playing the music. It will play the music that's in the feed. Not, I, I've never seen anything like this. Anyway, my point is not to talk about Spotify, but to say, by the way, YouTube music doesn't do that yet. Probably. Um, YouTube music has a lot of advantages over all the other music services. But for me, the big one is any video that's on YouTube can be added to a playlist in uh, YouTube music. Now you're not going to add videos where it's someone talking like us, but there are live performances. Mm -hmm. There are different versions of songs that are only on YouTube. And it's just part of the subscription. You also get YouTube premium as part of your YouTube music (laughs) subscription. And that's no ads on YouTube. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Um, I, uh, so it's I, like that one-two punch. I tried to because I have Apple Music. I had Spotify. I've you yep. know, caught a few. And I said, oh, I should get rid of YouTube Music. And the minute I did, I lost YouTube Premium. And it was like, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no. You ever YouTube tried to, I know. God, unusable. God help you. Trying to, I, I can't believe people watch YouTube but don't unusable. pay for it. I don't get it. So, yeah. Years ago when Google had something called Google Play Music, which is a very kind of a traditional music app. Uh, and they were switching to YouTube music. A lot of people freaked out. And I'm sure a lot of people left. But even like the earliest versions, I was like, I don't know. This is fine. Like I, I use this thing every day. And I, we, you know, you, you've seen our music night photos and things like that. But like I use YouTube music all the time. It's fantastic. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, whatever. I'm but with you. Uh, anyway, yeah. You, it, yeah, it's got enough going on for it for sure. And it doesn't have a stupid TikTok feed on the front of it. <laughs> Every social media is afraid. Every, every all, piece of software wants to be social media, and they all want to be TikTok. They're all running scared. It's crazy. It's just it has nothing to do with that market. It's just so. Yeah. Uh, it's like uh, it's just sad. Well, and I was a big uh, Amazon music. What about fan? Yeah, but now they're just promoting podcasts. Every other line is a podcast. I, well, That's this is music. the problem with. And by the way, Spotify, same thing. I, I, I actually, I've, I've resisted writing an article called "Podcasts Are Not Music." Um, right. I do not like the integration of podcast no. into music apps that to me, like uh, those it. are two things. Uh, yeah. They're audio, <laughs> you know, yes, I, I listen my, to them. My listeners on run as demanded. I put on, I was on Spotify. Really? Like they, really? Wow. And it's like 3% of my downloads now come through Spotify. Okay. I don't like when I, well, I don't use Spotify, but, but before the remake, uh, this past week, you know, going to a, the homepage of an app and seeing a podcast mixed in with music. It's like, what are you, yeah. Now they should be kept separate, but I yes, think yeah, we're like we've you. always been on Spotify, but we don't. In fact, when Spotify launched back in the day, we were on the you know on the stage. There was a Twit logo with all. Oh, of nice, them. that's cool. When they launched their podcast thing, but uh, sure, we'd never be exclusive unless they gave me five hundred right. million dollars. In which case, oh my god, yeah. god in I a love second, Spotify. and I, I, would, love I would stop them. complaining. I could, a small percentage Absolutely. of that, I would t- change my tune immediately. <laughs> love those but, guys, yeah, but that didn't happen. But, I'll tell you, yeah, here's my work. here's my vote of confidence for YouTube mm-hmm. music. I have my funeral playlist there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this oh is this is what I want you to play. Is Paint It Black, the first song? Yeah, I see a red door <laughs> and I... No, I think it's it's it starts sad and it, then it gets uplifting and they, they'll, no, they'll nice. walk out dancing is my plan. It's a celebration of life. It's a, <laughs> I want a big picture of me on an easel. Yeah. 
And then the little. Oh, you literally. This is for your funeral. Oh yeah. Well, whose funeral <laughs> you think I'd be? Well, I don't know. Maybe you just bring it along. Like I have a mixtape. If you guys want to throw something on. Uh, this is. It even says the subtitle is "Songs to Play at My Memorial Service." <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I need it. Yeah, you tell me you're sharing this with the world. Uh, I don't know. I think it. I don't know. Is it? How do you share? You can. It? You can make it. You can make it public. Is it public? Let me see. <laughs> Should be public. I don't know why it wouldn't be. Well, I, it's I a work in progress. Is, my as my most taste of my changed. most of my playlists are private, but yeah. Uh, Nobody needs to know about my wham fixation. You know, it's, this is just <laughs> that would actually let I me do. add that. Uh, wake me up before you go go. <laughs> wake me up. That should be the last. Wanna... That could be the last song. <laughs> don't leave without me. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to put that in the last song. It'll leave. It'll. It'll. People will it's leave. So horribly out of place. With a smile on just their face. people nervously looking at each other, yeah. like, "What is going on?" Are we yeah. supposed to wake him up? Is that going to work? <laughs> you uh, shake him. No, you shake him. <laughs> Stick a pen in his toe. Let's talk <laughs> about Run As Radio. I bet you have a, you've you got such good episodes. What's coming up? Ah, this week's show I did with Gila Fish. I actually recorded it back at NDC in London, which was the last mm-hmm. time I was in the UK. And uh, Gila is in Israel, works for Wix. And she run, She works in the incident management side. And so we were talking about her approach to incident management, mostly from the point of view of, yes, we have incidents. And our main job is not, not just to fix it, but to make sure it doesn't happen again. And so being thoughtful about your reactions are important because often our urge to get back up online destroys the evidence we need to make sure it doesn't happen again. And so it's that sort of thoughtful moment of, do we understand what's going on? Have we snapshotted everything? Do we know the state of affairs before we go ahead and start working on a recovery approach? I mean, yeah. I think the instinct of a lot of IT people when there's an outage for whatever reason is reboot everything. Yeah. And often that's going to destroy an awful lot of information you need to, to do root cause analysis. So we went and had a great, you know, very serious conversation about impact on customer first like is this a visible problem is it affecting customers is that puts a little more pressure on the time and what level of exploration you're willing to do doing some snapshotting for recreation just be you know being really thoughtful about how you do the retrospective part so that you that particular issue never happens twice very good i must listen and i like your name gila fish that's a good name great yeah yeah, really smart, like uh, enjoyable to chat with her. She was, she had a good time. And, you know, it's, these are the sort of folks doing this hard work that don't always have those conversations very often. So she was excited to talk about it too, which comes across in the, nice. in the show. I have added Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go as the last song. Yeah. Uh, in, what, that was what we're all supposed to dance out on, right? <laughs> so I, I, I see you have In My Life by the Beatles. Yeah, but, that's a classic. Yeah. 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 Then that's Mad good. World, right? Walking in Memphis, which, which well, you know good. what though? There's a Mad World, which there's this a. The, you should get the slow version. This that is was the recorded slow for, version. Gary Jules. Yeah, nice. Yes. There you go. That's the one. Yep. Michael Andrews. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, not the not the Tears for Fears. Right. No. No. But that one's good too. But the but the slow version is amazing. I just yeah. added that to a playlist. I, it's good. We'll leave people laughing. They'll be listening to all this teary music, crying, crying, crying because I died so sure. young. And you should then, also add the slow uh, live version of Gone Away by uh, Offspring is fantastic uh, and in the same league as Madden World. 
I'm just look for that. I don't know That's it, fantastic. but I'm going to listen, and if it fits, I'm putting it in. Oh, it's you put it right next to that song. They go together. It's perfect. Well, I want people to be like too devastated. No, it's a good one. Mad World is from the, that's the Donnie Darko uh, theme. It was also used in the first ad for Gears of, uh, for War. That's right, but just the just the instrumental at the beginning, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk right. Mash, baby. <laughs> it's right. well, we've 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 gone through the process of growing barley and uh, harvesting it, getting it uh, to malt to actually cause it to grow to turn green, then uh, drying it. And then grinding it to grist, which is that mixture of hull and uh, and uh, the hearts and as well as the flour. So now you have your grist and you've got to now extract the sugar from it. And so this is mashing. And so it's moved over to a mash tun. And a mash tun, uh, traditional ones are cast iron. Sometimes they have copper tops. Uh, the modern ones are all, of course, all stainless steel. And they have a false bottom on the uh, on them that has a, ma- a layer of mesh so that water can drain through it and, and out through a drain. Uh, and the grist is spread very evenly across the bottom of the mash tun. And then it, you soak water through it to get the sugars out. But it's, it's a bit more complicated than that because, you know, malting has converted some of the sugars in the seed, uh, some of those carbohydrates into sugar, but not all of them. There, there are many more long-chain carbohydrates that can be converted into sugar, and that gener- that process is ca- is done with uh, one of the very first enzymes we ever understood to exist, mm. diatase. Huh. Uh, amylase, specifically with barley, is the type of diatase that hydrolyzes hi- uh, carbohydrates into sugars. Huh. And barley happens to have amylase in it. I mean, amylase I is it, also in, in your mouth. But, I, I thought you know, the sugars came from bacteria. Well, it, these are the enzymes that break down the carbohydrates that are in the in the grist. So it's not it's not because uh, because I know uh, they I guess that's for fermentation. But yeah, I thought so bac- we're going to get into the yeast part yeah, of this yeah, yeah, later. Yeah. But I thought bacteria made the sugar. So it is actually an enzyme. And where does the enzyme come from? The enzyme amylase actually exists in the barley already. Already, in the normal process of germination of a seed, uh, amylase used to break down the sugars to grow the plant. Right. That's so why now, we sprout. We sprout seeds so they're more nutritious. It. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because we simplify the sugars. Yeah. So oh. now we're going to go further down the path in mashing. So we've ground into grist that that malt, and now we're going to introduce water to it. We and they typically bring water to it at about 62 to 65 degrees centigrade, so about a 143 to 149 degrees in the measurements of the oppressors. Uh, and that water is hot enough to activate the enzyme without actually killing it. Ah. So you maximize the enzymatic reaction to break down those carbohydrates. The rate you put the water in is played with. A different or a different distilleries care about how fast they add the water. It's only good to extract a certain amount of sugar in the initial pass. So often on the what they call the first water, they'll cycle that water back into the mash tun again to increase the sugar concentrations. And uh, after it's gone through a, a bit, they and they and they put that water in very carefully. You don't want to create gaps in the in the mesh. You want to keep the grist evenly spread across. That whole grinding part of the grist, you don't want too much flour because it kind of turns into porridge and blocks up the uh, the mash. Uh and so eventually, that that as that water is moving through, they'll they'll put it in a holding tank, a thing called the the um, uh, the 
uh, sorry, the undertongue. You got your uh, mash tun and your undertongue. And then your undertongue. That's right. And so then they'll do a second water. And the second water, so they raise the temperature a bit. Now it's about 75 degrees, about 167 or so. And that gets more sugar out at the expense of damaging the, uh, mm. the enzymes. That's all right. The enzymes have kind of done their thing in the initial extraction. Mm. And so... Actually, it's called the underback tank. So there's two wash. Typically, you do two washes with some recirculation to extract that sugary water as much as possible. And this is the stuff they call wort. Wort. W-O-R-T. W-O-R-T. At every step we've done so far with the barley and the malting and so forth is exactly the same as making beer. So beer and whiskey. Whiskey is just what beer wants to be when it grows up in the first place. Nice. You know, you've gotten to the wart phase and you store that in the underback tank because it's a bit too hot to be moved over to fermentation. Yeast like about 30 degrees centigrade and this stuff's 60 plus. So you want to hold it uh, for that for those first two waterings. But you're not done back on the mash tun. You've now filled the, the underback. That's the stuff that's going to go on to be wart. And the, the, now you'll do sparging. And sparging, they raise the temperature even higher in the water. So now you're getting into 75, 85, 90 degree points. They'll do three or a sec, a third and a fourth wash. And those sugars are not going to go into the underback. So that water is then reserved for the next batch that's going to go into the mash tun. So when they start the water, the water's already a bit sugared from that initial passes. And the mash that's left behind now, they actually turn into feed. Uh, cattle feed called draft. They'll dry it and pack it, and it's nutritious for animals. Uh, some places even will pack it down and burn it to be used uh, as sort of energy as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mash tun itself is, I mean, it, it, these are really big now. When we talk about modern whiskey making, which goes back to the middle 1800s, really the Victorian age, they were, they were mostly, uh, you'd use uh, cast iron uh, tanks for this. They also stir the mash while they're passing the water through it because they want to maximize extraction, but they don't want to stir it too much. There's a whole game of different distilleries of how much you stir it because some places are very concerned about having clear wort, just clear sugary water. And some think you want some of that uh, material in the wort as well. They they talk about how cereally you want your wort. It has more of the grain flavors will be carried into the whiskey. As opposed to getting a very clear sugar, it's going to make a very smooth or a lighter whiskey. So different distilleries have different rules around all of these things. The um, the old Victorian machinery is beautiful to look at. I've been to a bunch of the distilleries that have them. They call them rakes, but they're basically arms that reach into the barrel and rotate and stir the, the, the grist up and make, keep the mash mixing to increase sugar extraction. The modern technique called the louter technique is very german against from beer making it's all stainless steel and they use louters which are rods that extend down into the mash and they have rotating blades on them and they mm-hmm. control the mixing very precisely so you can get exactly the cloudiness of the word that you want i which always have the same reaction to this though how did i i'm fascinated by the history of this like how did they figure this out they were motivated. Highly motivated. <laughs> you talk about very traditional whiskey making going back to the 1700s, right? Like you could trace whiskey back for several hundred years because the batches were so much smaller. A lot of this stuff was just on my hand. So you basically have a person with a paddle 
stirring the water as they're extracting the sugars. But as the tanks get too big to reasonably do that by hand, again, this is very much the industrial age, right? Victorian age with the first industrial machines. The earliest versions of these were running off of water mills and and turned on belts to crank the gears, right? Like they, they were all pretty mechanical. Uh, they've just been modernized from there. But that's, you know, trying to make consistent whiskey. And the particular whiskey I picked this time, and I, and I always pick it because it's a relation to this, it's a whiskey from, it's called Springbank, the distillery, and it's in Campbellton. Now, most folks don't know Campbellton. When you think about, there's a, we talk about six whiskey regions. So, and there's the ones everybody knows, the Highlands, the Wispayside, the Lowlands, Isley is its own thing. And there's a group that call the islands, so that's Jura and Iron and uh, and Spe- uh, um, the uh, who's, where is Talisker on Sky uh, up in the Orkneys, so forth. That's sort of the collectively on the islands. Isley also an island, but so significant in the space, it's basically considered its own category. But near Isley and some of the islands is a peninsula in the southern part of Scotland called Campbellton. It's actually the, the southern edge of Campbellton is the closest approach to, to Ireland you can get. And it once was a very major whiskey producing area with over 30 distilleries. At the moment, it has three. And one of them, in the, arguably the most popular one, is Springbreak. The other two are, are Glen Glyne and, and Glen Scotia, both of which I've had an opportunity to sample. What's interesting about Springbank is that it, they A, they use a completely original mash tun. So it is literally a cast iron Victoria era uh, tank with no top. They they don't worry about the heat loss and that. They don't haven't dressed it up and so forth. It's very fundamental. And they're really their spring break they make every year. Uh and it's it's a 10 year old. It's it's really basic whiskey. No children filtration, no color manipulation. They do a light peating. So when they're when they're drying their malt, they'll do six hours of the drying with peat. And then another twenty four with just hot air. So it, it adds a little bit of the peat flavor, but not too much. Um, the traditional, they, their usual 10, they tend to age in bourbon barrels because they're inexpensive, although they occasionally will use something else. So there has been sherry cask used. There are also cherry cask used. Um, the, the 2020 edition of the Spring Bank won a ton of awards. And at the time, it was about $50. It was a bargain for what it was. Uh, the current edition now, if you can find it, it's over $100. I think Paul would like this because, yes, sherry and bourbon, but also salted caramel and toffee. I'm a little concerned about the peat, but it sounds like it's not too much. It's It's a very mild peat. It sounds very sweet, too, which is interesting. Yeah, it's a pretty approachable whiskey, but for the effort you'll take to find it, and Uh, and it's not inexpensive, it's almost not worth the effort. Um, Except if you're, again, if you're a whiskey aficionado, there are not a lot of Campbelltons. And so if you're going to try the different regions, like uh, if you tell me, well, which Campbellton should I get? I'd say get the Springbank 10 because it, while it's still difficult to find, it's only a hundred dollars. How about many the, of the other, how about the uh, cask strength 12? That might be, that might be <laughs> but more. I'm sure. Yeah. It, I, I think that'd be a ton of fun. Right. And it's a yeah. straight bourbon. Like, yeah. Uh, potent. Yeah. Right? If we could, again, we'd have to hunt it down easier to find in Scotland than it is to find elsewhere. Yeah. 
Um, but they do. They, there's always a lot of conversation when Spring Bank is running a batch because they don't they don't run round the clock. Like we, you know, when I was talking about the mash tun and how they'll take the sparge from the previous batch and it'll go right in the next batch because many of these distilleries now are 24 hour day operations where they are always working grist constantly. Right. Spring Bank is not that kind of distillery. They make smaller quantities, and mm-hmm. they they don't do near as much. That thirty that thirty year old Spring Bank there you're looking at that's probably a two thousand dollar bottle of whiskey oh my you only make 1400 bottles of it right so that wow. is a pretty narrow run wow. and uh, they're just scarce Here's anyway the- it's a very fun version of the uh, of of whiskey it's an unusual like very small region today that has huh. its own style um but uh it does speak to this particular set of effort and at this point we've now made wart so we can now go off with some hops and a little bit of work and make our, we'll do some fermentation and make some beer or we can go make whiskey with it. And so the next conversation is going to be about fermentation. Wow. This is really cool. I want to go on the, on the distillery tour. Mm-hmm. That would be so cool. I take it. You've done yeah. that. Yeah. I've done a bunch of them. They're it, not there. Remember there's 60 plus distillery still on operation in Scotland. Most do not have tours. Yeah. Um, the, the ones that do, they're well worth going to. But you can only do two or three of them in a day before you get burned out. Yeah. Or drunk off your ass. Well, more you can't feel your face. Right? <laughs> just... uh, man, I want to try this. It looks really good. Uh, it's a fun whiskey. Yeah, it looks really good. Richard Campbell has done it again. Run as radio.com for run as radio and .net rocks. He's in Wales, be back in town uh, next week, back in B.C. Coquitlam. Thank you, Richard. My pleasure. Great stuff. I get thirsty every time I do this show. <laughs> uh, Mr. Yeah, we'll have to put together a collection oh, of all the whiskeys we pulled, right? And We like, could sell it, set. you know, and, you know, just a 20% markup. We'd made millions. Since yeah. we're doing this, oh. I should mention that there is a corn-based alcohol here in Mexico called Nixta. Which, oh, man. as you can see, comes in a corn-shaped bottle. Isn't that cute? <laughs> Isn't that cute? It has it has a distinct corn taste, which is a little sounds strange. good. No, it sounds good. It's fun and it's fun and I cocktails. like it. Yeah. yeah, and you happen to have it right to hand, which is interesting. It's weird that it happens to be one right here. I, <laughs> you keep it close <laughs> in his desk drawer. I that's didn't think it was going to be that close. <laughs> that's Paul it's Theron. evening here in uh, in Wales, so I will be uh, <laughs> down to the sequel nice. the the sequel bits reception. Yeah. I hope there's nice. a big stone fireplace with wooden tables that have been there a hundred years, and there's a nice glass of something sitting. So, must be, what is it? What time is it there? Nine forty-five ish. It's not quite that late. Yeah, eight no. eight forty-five. Eight forty-five. Okay. Okay. All right, because you can. Yeah, yeah, five hours. Yeah. But it, we we are staying at a place called the Manor. Oh, is, I love it. As you thought, the big stone fireplace. Is where you love know. it. I'm love so it. Jealous. Paul Thorat, he lives at Thorat.com, posts all the time. Become a premium member, get an extra good dose of Paul Thorat, T-H-U-R-R-O-T-T.com. His book, mm-hmm. The Field Guide to Windows 11, including The Field Guide to Windows 10, available at leanpub.com. Thank you, gentlemen. We do this show uh, on Wednesdays, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 1900 UTC. I'm sorry, 1800 UTC now. Uh, we have sprung forward. 1800 UTC. 
you can watch us do it live at live.twit.tv, chat live at irc.twit.tv, or in the Club Twit Discord. Always good fun in there. I see Paul was interacting a little bit in the uh, Discord. Uh, Richard, if I've never sent you a uh, complimentary uh, club oh, no, membership. I'm, I'm there as well. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'll make sure just, you... Just uh, Yeah, no, a well, you're, you're doing a show. I don't expect you to hobnob with a hoi polloi or anything. But, you know, it's nice to have you in there once in a while. Uh, the club is $7 a month. Gets you ad-free versions of this show and all the shows, plus shows that are club-only, like Paul's Hands-On Windows, Hands-On Macintosh with Micah Sargent, The Untitled Linux Show, Stacy's Book Club... The Giz Fizz, all the events we do in the club. You get access to the Discord, which itself is a clubhouse. It's so great, so much fun. Uh, you also get the Twit Plus feed with additional material not heard anywhere else. Twit.tv slash Club Twit if you're not yet a member. It would be great to have you in there. Actually, I know you're not a member because if you're a member, you wouldn't be hearing me talk about it. <laughs> yep. We edit this out too, yeah. <laughs> Twit.tv slash Club Twit. After the fact, uh, copies of this show are available at twit.tv slash WW for Windows Weekly. There's a YouTube channel dedicated to Windows Weekly. And, of course, you can subscribe. We're at it in every podcast player, including Spotify. Just search for Windows Weekly. Subscribe. That way you'll get it automatically the minute it's available. Thanks, everybody. Now, back uh, back to your places. Go get a a dram of something because Ooh. Windows is have some Nixta. Have some Nixta. Have some corn <laughs> liquor. It's <laughs> crazy. Thank you, guys. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I am Ant Pruitt, and I am the host of Hands-On Photography here on Twit TV. I know you got yourself a fancy smartphone. You got yourself a fancy camera, but your pictures are still lacking. Can't quite figure out what the heck shutter speed means? Watch my show. I got you covered. Want to know more about just the ISO and exposure triangle in general? Yeah, I got you covered. Or if you got all of that down, you want to get into lighting, you know, making things look better by changing the lights around you. I got you covered on that too. So check us out each and every Thursday here on the network. Go to twit.tv slash hop and subscribe today.